Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Course Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Yo, 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 what up? This is Fonte Fontigolo. We're going to take it back to December 14, 2016 with my big brother, Pete Chocolate Boy Wonder, the number one soul brother, Producer, rapper, hip-hop legend Pete Rock told us about his deep knowledge of music, recording, and the art of sampling. My man Smoke Gizza joins him on this one. I think he says like one word, and he was just like overwhelmed with all the nerd shit we were talking. <laughs> but um, anyway, this is a great episode. Pete Rock, one of my biggest influences, the reason why I quit my fucking job. QLS Classic, Pete Rock. Let's go. Suprema, su, su, Suprema roll call. 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 My name is Questlove. Yeah. Here to steal no thunder. Yeah. But I'm really honored. Yeah. To be chilling with Chocolate Boy oh, Wonder. Suprema. Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. My name is Fonte. Yeah. It ain't no other. Yeah. I haven't been to Mecca. Yeah. But I'm with the Soul Brother. Roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Suprema, Suprema roll call. Sugar, yeah, the lone Jew, yeah, what's up, you guys, yeah, how you do? Roll call, Suprema, Suprema, roll call, Suprema, Suprema, roll call. My name's Laia, yeah, and you know, I'm bugging, yeah, cause Pete Rock here, yeah, gonna be lots of loving. Roll call, Suprema, Suprema, roll call. Suprema, su, su, Suprema Roll Call. Boss Bill is here. Yeah. So have no fear. Yeah. Very down to earth. Yeah. And I didn't have to curse. Roll Call. <laughs> Suprema, su, su, Suprema Roll Call. 
Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. My name is Dizza. Yeah. The flex is crazy. Yeah. I'm super high. Yeah. So I might sound lazy. Roll Call. <laughs> Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. My name is Pete Rock. Yeah. Sometimes I rap. Yeah. No times I sing. Yeah. Ding ding a ling. Come on. Suprema. 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 This is Questlove. Welcome to Team Supreme. Yeah. How yeah. you guys doing? We good, baby. We Man. good. We awesome. good. Chill out. We in here. Uh, right now, we are with... Oh, we got two special guests, actually. Is this our first... Uh, combo? Mo- yeah, combo show that we've done. I think it on, is. On the Revolution. Day- yeah, besides the Revolution. Okay, yeah. well, Revolution was oh. like... That was like a, a special news yeah, report. Yeah, that was a super <laughs> Yeah, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that was like book. a very special episode of an 80s sitcom. Yes, <laughs> where they talked about child abuse. Different strokes. Yeah, it was like Wait, how come every one of these things are Dudley? Dudley. A special different strokes. Dudley, when he was in the shop with the, oh my God. That shit could never get aired today. Oh, God. Dudley's doing uh, ads for Uber now. Did what? anybody say word? Yeah, I saw it was on. Uh, I saw it on Facebook. He's in an ad for Uber. How wow. do you know this? It was. It was on Facebook. Get out of here. He's like really? the last yeah. man alive. Wow. Like, did you spot? Oh, that's Dudley. Did someone say somebody it? else saw, saw it? Oh, okay. oh wow. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Smoke Desert and the one and only Pete Rock. Peace. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Much love. What bang, bang. All right, so we're going to get into everything nerd out. I mean, mm-hmm. Pete, this is. Okay. As 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 a person obsessed with music, yeah, yeah, um, I I love picking the brain of mm-hmm. of of just someone who is majorly, 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 majorly obsessed with music. Yes, so this is yes. this is an honor for us. Oh, God bless, man! You know, privilege. All right, so uh, Pete, welcome to uh, the show. It's my first time on your show. I think this is our first time. <laughs> like it's, I don't feel like a veteran until we get okay, to like episode right. one hundred. Yeah, we got like a hundred. Yeah, right, yeah. We newborns. Right. To you know, yes. till that time. It'll, it'll be around. Um, man, I don't. I don't even know mm-hmm. where to start. So, man, I will start with. I've told this story before, but I've never told him. You are the reason I quit my job. Uh, you told me that. <laughs> okay. All right. when you, when Wait, everyone has a job quitting story? Yeah. Man, he's the reason I quit my job. So, dude. <laughs> what song was it that just made you like? <laughs> well, it wasn't a song. It was a phone call. Yeah. Mm. It was a phone call. Mm. I, this is uh, back in 2002 yeah. when we had, the listening had just, it hadn't come out, come out, but it was kind of just selling on a hip-hop site, and it was just kind of circulating. Dope. And uh, our homeboy, Daryl Powell, uh, worked the Up Above yep, Records. Yep. Called my house and left. He had Pete on three way, and called my house and left the message. And Pete was like, "Yo, yo, 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 what up, <laughs> little brother? You know what I'm saying? It's Chocolate Boy Wonder Pete Rock. Got to get y'all on a piece of my album. Yeah, I got your album. Listen, it's crazy. <laughs> and I quit my job at Belk that very next day. Wow, that's crazy. Really? Like, Fuck it. No like, way. Because he said your album was crazy, yeah. dude. Pete Rock that's said my album was crazy. I'm blown away. And that. it was even more if it kind of came full circle because. I, I told you this before too. Mm. My and I was in tenth grade. This is when Main Ingredient came out. Mm. A girl that went to my high school named Deborah Jones. She was in a poetry contest, 
and the winner of the poetry contest got a performance from Pete and CL. Wait, what? This is I swear Page High School, Greensboro, North Carolina. <laughs> she she won the poetry contest and she read the poem. I don't even remember what the poem was about. What did she uh, win? She won well, she won a poetry contest. <laughs> right. And it was like a poem. It was like a black poem mm. about a black issue. I don't remember what the issue was. <laughs> okay. But I just remember Pete and Cell came to my fucking school. That was all that mattered. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was it. What and, year was it? Oh, that so was she 95. Won, and wow. then they got to perform yeah, at it, her. The winner of the poetry contest got a performance. By Pete and CL at their school. Wow. It's like a radio promotion? Nah, it wasn't radio. Wow. It was something. I don't know who was doing it. Mm. Wow. But anyway. obviously it was in February. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but main ingredient came out. Was it and cold? I remember, it was wintertime? Uh, I don't think it was cold because oh. it was during track season. Because okay. I remember I was late to track practice mm. because I was in the front and I had my mechan. No, I'm sorry. I had the main ingredient CD. Mm. And I remember holding it up. And I remember you came to the side. And Are like, you one of those guys that... Hold up the record. Uh, I held up the record. Because I knew, because I was at like a predominantly white high school. Oh, man. But like, it was like, maybe like 70, 30, 60, 40. But like, it was a lot of white people. But like, the black people we had were like black people. How many, wait, how many, <laughs> so like, how many people, hood, how many like people, bands of black. yo, how many people could fit in the auditorium? Oh man, all the term. Uh, it was a couple hundred. It was like uh, four or five hundred, something like See, that. See, this, this is my worst nightmare. Doing like in my show? career, the the high school visit <laughs> is my worst nightmare because it's never ever it's never going worked well. out. It don't, wait, no. it only worked out once, and that's because me and Tariq gave a gangload of money to our high school. <laughs> oh, that's oh, the wow. only time it ever worked out. Wow. But so, P Rock and Seal Smooth came to your high school, mm. came to my high school, and they. And what year it. was this? This is ninety five. This is main ingredient. It like just came out. Man, and you guys were receptive. Oh my right. god, man, like we everybody was losing it. We, yeah, was, we was losing it, dude. I'm so I, remember. I have nightmares. <laughs> like my first time in a in a school scenario. Uh-huh. You know, the first question was asked. Do y'all know real famous people like Andre Three Thousand? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I'm That's sorry, crazy. I believe wait, 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 Oh yeah, they do that to kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what year was that? All day. Uh, this was like 2000. Oh yeah, post Grammy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh that's yeah, I was, up. I was. That's messed up. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's messed up. <laughs> Y'all know real famous people. My daughter asked me if I knew Kendrick Lamar. Oh. Yeah, she wants, she loves Kendrick. Well, that's excusable. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, she knows who Daddy is, yeah, right? Yeah, of course she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, the that's yeah. the point. But what was Actually, your answer? You, my you, son too. Was what was your answer? You do you know Kendrick Lamar? No, I don't know Kendrick. Lamar. <laughs> Wait, because I just want to know: Do you go? You know Kendrick Lamar knows me. Yeah, like that's the bigger point. Do we you know, we that know Kendrick... each other. Okay. Yeah, but he probably knew me first. How old that's are they now, saying. man? That's how how old are your kids now? My kids, eleven and seventeen. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I remember I was around the same age. Mine are fifteen and eleven. Okay, about to be sixteen. Okay, yeah. We around, we around the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, but he came out of school that day, tenth grade. Crazy, and I crazy. remember I was late to track practice because I gave him, which I hope and pray to God he it never heard. I had a homie <laughs> working ROTC that was like outside the dressing room, mm. and I was like, "Yo, man, will you please get this tape to Pete?" <laughs> and I made like the wackest fucking demo ever. I like, <laughs> but, but you know what? All our demos were whack in the beginning, even mine. My shit really? was terrible. Really, my beat making was horrible. But I mean, you know, right, at least the, to me, that's what I want to know. And that's yeah, to you. That's because yeah. I at your crib, you played me some stuff from like early, and I'm like, dude, this shit can old still beats. Rock now. I still got a lot of that stuff. For real, old beats from the twelve. Every day, I still like 
All right, so th- there's like no feeling in the world. Mm. There's a period, I'll say like, yeah, like 96, 97. Mm. Maybe 94, not 95, 96. Because actually, Pete was the first hip-hop like celebrity or royalty that... Made music? No, 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 no. I just mean like that kicked it with us. Oh, okay. Now, the roots, I mean, because we instantly moved to London for like two to three years, we really didn't bust it up with none of our like contemporaries or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like when we came back, I remember we met you at a college mm-hmm. and that was the first time like I felt like, oh, like wow. legitimate, not like. Was it see, I don't even want to use me for me anymore, but <laughs> you know where I'm going right, with this. Right, 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 it was right. in Philly? Nah, we it was holy was Jesus. This was in North Carolina. Oh wow. Are you serious? It was, a Pete, at a gig? it was a it was a Pete Rock uh a root show. It was good. It was like a it was like a homecoming thing. Okay. But Pete because the Roots. promotion was, was a little that? messed up, we we were in a big giant stadium, <sighs> but there was only like uh, not many people. Sixty people. <laughs> was it like UNC? Was it Duke? Was it uh, all I can say was I definitely know it was 1997. Okay, okay. I have to look that up. I look that up because you know by this point I was like, damn, like we ain't, like we really didn't start meeting our heroes in hip hop and contemporaries in hip hop till like 97, 98. Mm. So to go from like 92 to 97 with a complete drought of mm. not knowing any Wu Tang members, any <sighs> like nobody in hip hop, crazy. And so that's what I remember, but. Mm. The 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 other part of that story is the fact that I'll say that between you and the the whip that you had, always playing beats in the car, mm. like him and Premier are always always known. Premier was known for his van, like cats would call Premier. Yep, the to truck. bring his van to, to to bring his van to the studio to test it. Yep, I'm one of those people. But Me too. For him too, like always, just sitting in the passenger seat, yeah. listening to. Listen, nigga. Do you still test records like that, Pete? It's still the oh, car man. test? I have to. Because I am, too. I'm the same way. The same I have way. to. I'm, I'm from the old school. So, you know, hey, you know, or the true school, as, as people say. But, yeah. yeah, that was one of the things we did. We, we make about 10, 20, 30 beats in the crib. Then, you know, when you come out, you just get in the whip and drive around New York City and vibe out. So how old were you? I did when that you... with Big L in the car one time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just. Yeah, Honda Accord, me and L in Harlem chilling. Bronx, he's riding around freestyling to my beats. Wow. To cassettes. Yeah. I had, you know, that's when the cassettes was cracking. I had the Benzie. You know, you take the Benzie box. Oh, yeah, take care. I had, had, uh, you know, the music, you you could turn the bass notes, like, you you know, the the megahertz Mm -hmm. up or down in my car. And when you turned it down, it sounded so loud coming down the block. And then when you turned it up, it was it was kind of like off, but you still heard the effect. I loved my car. That 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 was a crazy system in there. That must have been pre Giuliani, because like <laughs> ever since post Giuliani, New York has been a very quiet city. Like the idea of a loud car. Yeah, I'm yeah. one of those guys. Like look at people like shaking my head. Like, yep. Yep. turn that music down. <laughs> so how how old were you when you? I know that you started uh, record collecting mm-hmm. at a young age. But Very like, young. What what got you into just records? Um, my pops, you know, just you know, I was young, like say three, four years old, just intrigued by a little round piece of wax with with good sound coming off it. So I was, you know, at that time, that's all I knew what it was, and 
And then I would go in the living room where my pops had all his records, all his 45s. And one time he came home from work and he seen me stacking his 45s up in a pile like like mm-hmm. this. And then he just sat there and, and, and told me what it was and taught me about it, and, you know. So he was never Wait, like, there was get no, out my There was no whipping? No. I'm like. <laughs> I mean, no, no whipping, but, you know, he scolded me. And then he taught me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I wasn't allowed to touch. <laughs> nah, I, I mean, I did, you know, that wasn't the right thing to do, to be messing with his records. But I was a young kid. You know what I mean? My my worst punishment came after the, the adventures of Grandmaster Flash on the wheels of steel. <laughs> oh, wow. Like hearing that? Scratching and then trying to scratch on the door. Oh, man. And getting caught in the summer of 81. The worst yeah. thing ever. Yeah, Flash drove me crazy as a kid. So he... Like, was your father a DJ or he just yeah. collected records? Yeah, DJ. DJ and record collector. Where would he, where would he DJ? Cricket player, you know, you know, mad cricket trophies. <laughs> really? Because yeah. both of your parents are Jamaica, right? Yeah. So you had all kinds of music. Then Reggae, yeah. classical, soul, funk, um, jazz especially. And, you know, but reggae being that with Jamaican, so, but he had everything. So as a youngster, like, what, what was playing in your house? James record? Brown. All day. JB's, James Brown, Bobby Bird, you know, Barry White, and all the usual The, the usual stuff. Barry White, Isaac, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right. So besides the the ABCs of, of breakbeats, yeah, okay. like what's the what's an unusual breakbeat? Like a joint that I would have to pay two hundred dollars for that you like. Ooh. Oh, I grew up on Disco Tech Soul. Like mm. I've had that. <laughs> Oh wow! Like That's what so rare many. break did your dad just happen to have? That oh, he had all of that stuff. I mean, he had all the Coon and Gang. He had all the James Brown. He had all the Isaac. He had all of um, like reggae joints that had break beats on them. You also have to remember that a lot of those records got inflated in price because of that man right there. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, you know, we're going to we're going to get to it's a damn shame, we're, man. We're going to get to that because I dig today and I, I I just look at the prices like wow. Yeah. yeah. For reminisce, the, 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 the Tom, Tom Scott. Tom Scott. Yeah, yeah. I seen that joint for like a thousand dollars. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, I'm not. I'm lying to you. Not. Yeah. I, even wow. Dilla stuff that I find. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of money for it. I was going to say that. Yeah, that record shopping and the adventures of you record shopping <laughs> is is crazy. So, at what point <laughs> does this become a thing where you want to actually? Did he have DJ equipment or just like a record collection? He had DJ equipment, but when I was like three, four years old, he had the one turntable with the Macintosh amps and these these speakers that, and you know, just a whole you grew lot up in of records. Macintosh amp yeah, household, yeah, yeah, yeah. That My is pops, rare. Yeah, he had wow. especially for a black family. To yeah, have. he had the black with the green lights. You know, the black amp. With the green lights That's and the silver knobs, yeah. yeah, electric lady, yeah, yeah. Those, those amps are incredible. Amps. Like now, to get a Macintosh system now, yeah, yeah, is it's like, rare. It's rare. It's a house payment. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> it's very rare. And you gonna pay? You gonna pay a you nut? Gonna pay, you gonna pay? You gonna pay a nut? For thirty, forty k for yep, like yep, some good? Yep, yep. Oh yep. my god, you grew up in a Mac. So he was a serious record. Yes, yeah, serious with sound. Very serious. Very serious. Is he still? Is your dad still with us? Oh uh, no, nah. he he left us in two thousand. So he was here long enough to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your collection. He see, now. yeah, he's seen reminisce. He's seen all. But that obviously, his collection became your collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's in my mother's basement, and you know, he left the records with me and my brother. You know what I'm saying? I see. It's a I lot. See. That's how I started my collection from here. All right. So, at what point do, do you, does this become 
a profession for you? Um, probably, mm, you know, when I got this job and steady gigs. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, but I mean, does to, it start in the part like we, it started young? There? Started young age. Started, now this is in Mount Vernon, right? You yeah, were born up there. Yeah, I was buying like you know twelve inches suck MCs, all the you know King Tim the Third, all that stuff. Mm. Fat Boys, all that stuff on Suture Records. and So was there hip-hop folklore as far as, like, the folklore we hear about parties yeah. in the Bronx and yeah. that stuff? Like, what is yeah, yeah, yeah. what is Mount Vernon's version of that? Like, Mount who Vernon, are the legends that you grew up watching? Like My cousin, uh, Floyd, Chiba M, and DJ Speed, and, and Bomb 2, and Hev, you know. Everybody had different names at the time. My name wasn't Pete Rock. Um, Heb's name wasn't Heavy D. CL's name wasn't CL Smooth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody took on different names. But you know, you know, when Hev started everything, you know, he was the first artist to start rapping and you know actually t- trying to make a record and, and get signed from Mount Vernon. Yeah, and then we just followed him. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And you know, it started for me early, man. Early age. So who's the one that like? Taught you like this is what you do with the uh, my cousin. My, well, oh, well, Eddie F had had showed me how to work it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and then I picked up tips from like everybody I was around, from Teddy Riley to to um, Molly Mall, Lars Professor. You know. So Teddy could get busy on the SB1200. Uh, I seen it in the studio. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he used it for something. Now um, I'm about to say because like his. Now you don't think of him using the SP. Like no, he's not. Yeah. yeah, but that was something that I married. You know what I'm saying? I just you know, uh, oh SP twelve hundred because I remember the twelve before the twelve hundred. Yeah. Did you ever use the twelve? Yeah, I used the twelve on the separate hard drive, and I was just doing kicking kicking snare beats with little rim shot sounds, and you know. How many seconds could a 12 hold? Not many. Like It was like 10, right? 10 and a half? No, right? no. That's the 1200. was 10.2. No, it was like five seconds. Yeah. So the 12 was less. Put everything in 45. Yeah. yeah speed it yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the 12, you did that. But well, how? Okay. Here's the secret. I'm about to let y'all know the secret. Okay. With the 1200, right? I would sample what I needed to sample, whether it was the baseline, whatever time I used up drums baseline if it was just those two then i would you know get that right right tighten that then save it right then erase it whoa huh? then erase the baseline out of the drums and then add more music in the drums i didn't i wasn't doing the 45 trick yet you know oh you just yeah i wasn't doing that i wasn't putting records on 45 to get all what i need maximum time Nah, i was just getting it regular why uh, I don't know. It was just the way I learned, and really? it was the hard to me. Now that I look at what I did, I'm like, damn, that was a lot of work I did. Yeah, yeah. like and super to, extra crazy. You didn't use like a and, 900 or, but I didn't care. I was, I had, I was having fun. So when you're having fun, you don't, you're not thinking about, you know, none of that. And just to give the listeners some perspective, I mean, this is like when you talk about sampling records and sampling time for a machine. Mm-hmm. I mean. You said the twelve hundred had yeah. ten point, like ten point two seconds. 10. So you 2. had ten seconds to sample whatever you wanted. Yep. So sometimes I would got the whole, like the world is yours, got the whole loop in one. You know what I'm saying? Didn't have to, you know, erase. Yeah. But with reminisce, I had to do that. Yeah, I mean, because you were like one of the first producers I remember 
that would layer samples and all of it would be in key. And I was just like, how yeah. the fuck is he doing this shit? <laughs> but you if you mean? notice, if you listen, not, that wasn't like that at first. I used to just sample whatever out uh-huh. of key or over the place. <laughs> I didn't care. I was just, I learned that from sitting in, in, in bomb squad sessions when I was young, uh, just watching the Ice Cube album go down. Dog, <laughs> wait, oh, wait, you can't yeah, just say that. Yeah. And like, wait, wait, wait. America's be most wanted. Yeah, I was watching Hank and, and Keith, and that and that I picked that up. You know, listening to Public Enemy, of course. You All just right. sit in on sessions. Yeah, yeah. They worked Excellent. in Green Street. We worked in the same studio. Uh, was Green Street was Jamie was he engineering that Jamie yeah, Stoke he was ja- Jamie I met Jamie and Chung King ah uh, okay gotcha. and then that's how me and Jamie hooked up then I met Rod Way who's a Asian yeah. cat a- engineer in Green Street uh, and I was working okay. with Rod first so during those uh, Bomb Squad sessions how old were you at that time um 17 18 and your yeah. first record you produced was um Groove Be Chill Hip-hop music? Which one, Pum? Uh, mm-hmm. Starting from mm-hmm. zero. Oh, yeah. I'm he did hip-hop yeah. music? Yeah, yep. And I didn't know what I was doing in the studio. And, and some, but me and Jamie was, in, was, was arguing a lot. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Yo, make the sound like that. Yeah, you know, I was just trying to get it the way, you know, the way I made it at home. Yeah. It wasn't working out. And then all of a sudden, you know, it started working out. You know what I mean? And then, you know, next thing you know, I'm at another session using Jamie, and then next thing you know, we develop. Oh, you found, you started gelling. Yeah. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. 
I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So in the beginning, were you one of the cats, like, back when... I'm like I like I, like I ever had a beach making period. <laughs> no, it was a period like a '93, '94, like cats on the run. Your drummer, dude. Would come. No, but like, yeah, I would Production, take cats. Like, act, right, no, I feel you. I feel you. But you know, cats would just come over with a bunch of records to me and be like, "All right, now loop this part here, mm. loop that part there, loop that." So was that like your beginnings? You would. Um, I had very few people that did that, but I remember a story that Biz told me that he used to, you know, give Molly records and Molly would hook up. You know, that's how nobody business, nobody used to biz happen mm-hmm. and a couple other joints. But, um, yeah, I, I, I barely did that. I was just, I was just cranking them out, man. Just, you know, having fun. You know what I'm saying? Like. So how many hours a day would you. All day. I wouldn't come. All out. right. From your, from your first time that you like. We're trying to, to, to get a master that's oh, uh, 12. How many hours in, would you invest a day? Locked into? in my room from the morning until I could start, until I, could, until I got tired. And then get up and do it again. You know what I'm saying? So how long was it until you were like, until I started right, mastering? I might, I, might, I might have something here. Like how long did well, it take? I think you? I was like 19 when I was like, like starting to lock in. Because that's when I got the, the shut them down job. Mm. Now that's but yeah. I, before that I was doing like you know remixes with Eddie F and stuff Johnny Gill Basic Black you did an Alexander Alex, Leo re- I did that on I got my the own. joint yeah okay. I got yep in the middle and then uh, with CL rapped on it I rapped on it and then you know uh, the remixes that's where it started and then when I I guess you know being as that my name was attached to a lot of the stuff Untouchables or whatever and they, I got the, I got I got a Public Enemy job. You know? So the Untouchables was kind of your yeah. version of the the Bomb Squad, kind of. Who was who was in the Untouchables? Or something else. We were. It was me, Eddie F, Dave Hall, Neville Hodge. He was in right. Neville yeah. Neville. Yep. Neville, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, you know my that? man, my I man Kenny. My man Kenny was in in Kenny Green. <laughs> yeah. From, uh, intro. Spunk yeah. bigger cat from Mount Vernon, and um, and that's it, I think. And my man Willie, Willie from 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 New Rochelle. Just so like. Eight of y'all? Yeah, Willie Guns. My man, Willie Guns. So when working on a heavy D record, like, mm-hmm. do y'all just sit in a room and vibe it, out? It wasn't all of us all the time. Like, okay. Dave Hall would do his own beats, and then, like, for in- instance, you know the group Intro, right? Oh, yeah. come on, man. I, I'm, I, you know, I, I did, I, you know, Ghost produce. So you did the Let Me Be The One? You gave him the- With the, the Edo Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, I did right. that. I did that first on- um. 
on, on with them, right? And then or with Hev. No, no, no. So it was, yeah. Nah, I think oh, no, I can't remember. remember. It was with, nah, it was with it was with Hair first because Blue Funk was ninety two, yes. and then Intro was ninety three. It was the next so, year. Yeah, so damn when 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 yeah when they heard Hev <laughs> when they heard Hev record, you know how they do the R and B joints yeah, yeah, taking yeah. hip hop beats. It's like reggae yeah. shit. It's like and everyone want to yeah. sing over the version. But then I gave Dave Hall these drums. I programmed these drums, and I said, "Here, you know, on a disc." I just gave him a you know a floppy disc, and I said, "Yo, there's drums on that." Just you know, and then he made that joint. Okay. Wow. I had I had no clue because I played that record top. I love that record. Yeah, man. God bless, bro. So wait, man. I just I got a I got a non music professional question. When was the the blow niggas away moment? Was your blow niggas away <laughs> moment at when you were seventeen, like when you first started? Shut them down. Shut them down. Shut them down. Was your blow niggas away yeah. moment? But wait, heavy everybody who yeah. you wanted to impress was yeah. like what the even fuck? my own family. Yep. Wow. But wait a minute, cousins, everybody. I got it. For me though. Yeah. All right. Your remix now, I I knew yes, yes. Shut him down, like change the game. Yeah, yeah. But the remix to EPMD's uh, Rampage, Rampage, mm. which came out before then. Yeah, I did two different versions. That yeah, but the discotheque soul version. <laughs> All right, wait. Now now I'm getting hyped. <laughs> I I I have to play the yeah the Ricky the, Williams. Yes, yeah, that that, was, that, that was, is that was a funky joint. That, that to me that that made me aware of who you were, and mm. I'm shocked that that didn't get more 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 run. Yeah, I mean, I think I was running it a lot when I was on the radio DJ. I was playing <laughs> my own remixes, like whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah. And so the remixes. This was before all sold out. Was this before? The UNCL yeah, signed it. That's right at the same time. Oh, okay. I was doing a lot of stuff. Like, okay, here's a story. I did Down with the King and Jump Around remix in the same night in the Hit Factory on 42nd wow. Street. Wow. Did the tracks the same night? No, mixing it in the studio. Oh, what? Yeah, like finishing it because they were stressing for me to get stuff done. So I would, you know, do. Well, actually, it was Down with the King session and they booked another room for me to finish the remix to the, the House of Pain joint. Wow, yeah. that's and then they wanted me to rap on it. I was like, I don't know if I want to rap on it. Uh, you know, I wasn't big on my rap back then, but it was like, please, please. And I was like, all right, fuck it. You know, I, <laughs> I did one with and one without. You know what I mean? I did it just in case they didn't like my rap. Yeah, that was one of my favorite ones because you really took that record. Like, it gave it another feel. It still had energy. Yeah, that record totally another feel. I yeah. love that. Remix. The original was really was is still really great yeah. till to till this day. But the remix was something that just kind of put the cherry on top of that record, period. Okay, let me explain to our listeners, that, for, to put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, if you uh, were around for our, our uh, Dante the Scrub Ross episode. <laughs> Dante's a scrub. When I, when I tried to explain the idea of the renaissance period of hip-hop, mm-hmm. so... Um, for a lot of our listeners, mm. uh, I've mentioned this this volume of breakbeats, this compilation called Ultimate Beats and Breaks, mm-hmm. which essentially would be the Wikipedia of mm-hmm. uh, hip hop breakbeats, where yes. they would just give you all the answers. You mm-hmm. didn't have to do much digging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would just take these records yep. and then start uh, looping beats. And yep. sometimes they would take make beats out of the entire record. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Take uh, Sil Johnson's different strokes right, and right. mix it with Bobby Bird's. I know you got yeah, soul yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where you come into play is that you're part of a Renaissance period mm-hmm. that starts emerging in ni- 1990. You along with uh, Tip and Ali, yeah. uh, Premier's getting his game up. De La, yeah, De- uh, Prince Paul, De La, Lars yep. Professor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I'm from Philly. I, yeah. got, I got to include Jeff in this. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even Cash Money and, and Marvelous. Yeah. So yeah, what sure. what is happening is cats are now finding other sources to sample their music from. Mm-hmm. That's YouTube. not from YouTube. <laughs> YouTube samplers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's the new ultimate pizza break. Yeah, I mean, you know, for for people that don't want to go out there and you know do what I do. Yeah, but it's like, can you really tell though? Like. Nah, not really. You can't tell yeah, that. No, but not really. No, you yeah, can't. there was a period where you knew who was serious about their craft and who wasn't. And th- mm-hmm. I'm not taking away because again, uh, the Bomb Squad is one of my favorite. Oh yeah, production companies of all time. And you, you ever know, heard of Ice Cube Sister Soldier remix? I did. Came out on Epic Records. No, back in the days. No. Uh, what was the name of this joint? I, I got to get that. Not, sister, right. sister, oh, soldier, soldier. sister Soldier made records. Right, no, she, no, no. Yeah, she was signed yeah, on the hate, the hate, the hate, produce. Yeah. yeah that. I have Google, the record. Google Ice Cube Sister Soldier Pete Rock remix. On it. Came out on wax and everything. Really? Yeah. Ah. You just brought it to my attention when you mentioned, you know, something. I got I got to research that. Yeah, no, I had the album, yeah. but I I didn't get the the, the twelve minute. Yep. But yeah, where you come to play is that. Or I mean, what I joke about uh, you taking the portion of the record collection that my my that I didn't go to in my father's record collection, mm. like a lot of the jazz stuff and a lot of the stuff. I was just like, yeah, this is old stuff. I don't want that. Yeah, it wasn't. And just uh, you know, just go for the obvious. Like if it's Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder, of stuff course, I knew. Of course. But I mean, you're going to Tom Scott and. So like, yeah. what is I I watch and and study other producers' methods and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. see how they do it. Some of them will collect an obscure record and just sit and listen to it, sort of skim through it. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is your what is your your record listening process that that tells you wait I can make something out of that? It starts at eight a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, you get up at it because yo can, it, it can starts, I get an applause for right, right. <laughs> working it like a job? It, right. It, <laughs> There's three people I know that get up in the morning. Yeah. To, Pharrell, yeah. Dilla used to do it as yeah, well. Yeah. Premiere also yeah. like and they like Early treat morning. it like a job. Like a job. Early yeah. morning and then it starts also with a messy house. So it's it's even. Better because you know that's how you get to play the whole record all the way through, and you you know you listening and something grabs you, something's like so ah. you thoroughly listen to a record, yeah, when, when, and know, absorb it and you know you know clean up the crib. That's how I kill the time until I hear something I like. Wow. So what I mean, what if you don't get that payoff moment? Because I mean, there's nothing I've, like I've that payoff there. moment where I've, it's like, ah, I've been, yeah, I've been there. You know, get stuck and can't, you know, you know, or I get a record that has totally nothing on it. But now I learned that you can just grab a record that has nothing, totally nothing with all the equipment they have now. You can make nothing into something. You can mold it. You can mold it. Yeah. Crazy. 
So, yeah, it, it, it was. It starts from that. That's my process of listening to records, and it, it's time consuming. But at least I take five to six hours just listening, not even making beats, just listening. Then I know what to attack when it's time to, to rock, rock out. That's what separates you from the pack, dude. Yeah. I remember I, at his crib. We came up to his crib. This is Christmas two thousand two. Yep. Yep. We all drove up to his crib and. We just all slept on the floor in the basement. Mm-hmm. And he, the thing that was amazing to me was how you're able to take very familiar songs and flip them in a new way. Mm-hmm. He did a flip of, oh my God, it was a little child running wild, Curtis Mayfield. <laughs> the strings. <laughs> the strings. Oh my God. He took the. Oh man. Ninth loves that beat. The strings bro. at God, the end. He took the, no, he took the beginning of it. Oh, it was, wow, boom, boom, boom. boom. Yeah, and then I put that organ in there. And then he put the organ in from the beginning. The organ. Oh my God. That was like I think two of my like most favorite Pete Robbies that just made me really want to just like quit music forever <laughs> was like that one and take the D train. Oh man. Oh, you, yeah, take the D train. Yeah. Wait, flip the D. You're the one. Um, All right, right. God, man. That's my favorite disco record in the 80s. Oh, my I favorite Earl, I heard that. But shit. when I heard the B side, <laughs> you, got, you know, if you're familiar with Disco Twelve Inches, on the other side of that record is an amazing intro. It's the, the pianos, yeah, right. with the, it's the slow, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. sick, sick, all of that, yeah. yeah D Train is wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it was, you know, those were, you know, them, them records right there. I mean, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, how? do people how do these musicians or drummers tune their snares to sound like they're hitting on a, a horse shoe or, or like a <laughs> not see here's the thing it don't sound like a drum set you understand what i'm saying it sounds like the the lesson that i learned for really good breakbeat drumming uh really is the the the, the debtor mm-hmm. like what you imagine would you imagine in your head mm. how powerful the break is? Like, take uh, all right. I'll give an example with with uh, let's take Led Zeppelin. Now, in your mind, you're thinking that Bonzo is just rocking out, like mm-hmm. using every mm-hmm. you know, like air drumming. What you imagine air drummers to do? Yeah. But what I found out was because of the particular mic. Well, Steve, the, mm. Steve is our engineer. Mm-hmm. All right. So what? Like what vintage microphones am I using? Like like during the voodoo era and all that stuff. Like what am I using? Uh, well, a lot of that stuff we had here, Maybe. like the the Neumanns, the U forty sevens. Like that's what I believe. That's what so it's uh, the mic. John Bonham had the the mono overhead. Right. You know. Oh, the mono. Yeah, it's like one mic right. You know, over the kick drum. See, that's weird because and... substitution. How's that snare sound like? I that? mean, what, you're you're you've been. I think our best results for actually recording. Breakbeats has been less mics further away. You okay, know. so that's the thing. Like now, cats will mic every drum and engineer every drum, which is why it sounds so sterile. Uh, yeah, two thousand. Yeah. Uh, mm. I mean, you just gotta think of the environment. Like, uh, yeah, there were professional recording units, but it's like in Motown and all that stuff. They was like cats were sharing one mic. Damn. So when I found my zone, mm. as far as like really finding that gritty dirty sound that you looking for mm-hmm. um like you said like the 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 U47 and then the ri- ribbon mics you know yeah wow. ribbon royer mics 
But even at that, it's also how you play it. Like a lot, a lot of the, drum, the well, the drum, the drums that I use, like mm-hmm. my drum company will try to be like, yo, <laughs> these are sp- this is special trees from Japan. We're going to cut down, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> but no, but I, I'll tell them like, yo, I want the, the cheap the high cheap school shit. set. Wow. And they look at me, they're like, why do you want, I want the cheap high school mm-hmm. set. That sounds horrible. Because mm, that that's got, what all the classic shit was made yeah, on. Yeah, like they the, made it on. Yeah, the, the, the drummers weren't using weren't nine thousand like dollar drum sets. Wow. They were using five hundred dollars sets from like Sears. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and just tune, fine tuning it, and miking it, and but then also the the way you and the, the less you play, the, yeah, the the less velocity. You Here's know, the wow. thing. Yeah. Here's the trick velocity. with those old microphones. The harder you hit. The more compression and the more you squeeze it out, the the the, I mean, I I try to almost use nothing but wrist, like very yeah, very yeah, very yeah. light touching. Yeah, that way when you EQ it, it comes off super vintage and super you know. So it's it's almost like it's it's an anticlimactic answer. What I'm saying is that basically, uh, the less I play, and the quieter I play. Uh-huh. The better it sounds. Ah, uh, okay. So but it's not overmodulated. But in this in this age of, Everybody. and I've gotten in trouble with making drumming snarky hard. remarks about gospel drumming and stuff. But uh, like, yeah, it, it, look, gospel drumming is is something that yeah. I can't overcome, and yeah. I'm not trying to turn the world to my religion. Are they the loud ones? But is they have funky it's drumming. It's just flashy. It's just a lot of symbols. It's more. What about gospel? What about the funk? No, 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 not no, no. like modern, no. like now. Oh, like the cats you see oh. playing for like, oh, okay. unnamed actor. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of soul in gospel. Ooh, oh, trust yeah. Me, trust. <laughs> no, we're talking about like modern. When you see modern music today, and you wonder why this guy doesn't make you feel when you hear Clyde Stubblefield playing oh, okay. that sort of thing. Okay, gotcha. Um, it's no one trusts that less is more. Mm. And when I drum, I'm always thinking of would Pete Rock want to take this part of the song? Mm. So anytime I'm drumming, but that's you. You need you need something basic and something regular. I mean, it's like bread. Distortion of static. I was sampling from that. I made really. I made a beat out of that. Wait, I got to I got to find it. I got to tell y'all something hilarious. <laughs> I made a beat from that. From the distortion that from the you just, took the right, just playing with it. Yeah, wow. I took a loop, a, a little quick loop, uh-huh. and flipped it. You know what I'm saying? And then put some shit in there. And, and then deleted it and then <laughs> <laughs> and then I put more on top. You know, but Yeah, side note. Yeah. Um it's really weird when you hear your own Break beats mm-hmm. uh, in a porn. Oh shit! One time I heard porn motherfucking sample. You've heard the scene. I've heard the scene. It will. You know what I'm saying? In an amateur film, you literally heard the scene. The scene. Yeah. They just want some music. No, I I heard someone loop the distortion and static break at the beginning, and I thought, you really must be a fan of the roots. Yeah, I that too. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and Bruce fans are everywhere. Porn too. It. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. We're yes. The adult world has that was my shit, us. especially the remix. Oh my god! All right, y'all. You know what season it is? Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app 
trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so when the Shut em Down remix came, I don't even know how to explain to someone how important. Like, Shut em, Shut em Down to me changed, really changed. I mean, he gave it movement. Like because the original, but was, he, it was original was cool. It was yeah, baseline it, drums and you know it was a good record. Yeah, it was a good record. Was cool. But I, I mean, would we really consider that Def Comedy Jam? the first Def Comedy Jam did it? Yeah, mm. the first. I mean, was that wasn't the first remix per se that totally reimagined a song? Did it? Mm. I don't know if it was the first. It was one of them. Because I mean, well, it wasn't the first because I just well, you know, Marley. The first one was remixes. probably something he did. <laughs> Marley did remixes, if you remember, like Dropping Science. The the original version was different. The drums, right, right, right. And then he flipped it. Right, you're right. You know. But he did with the what you call it too. The uh, yeah, Marley. Uh, yep. I would say in terms of first, you talking about remix that kind of changed the game or changed the song, mm-hmm. Jingling Baby. I was yes, yes. Yeah. yep. Yeah. You remember yeah. the original yeah. version? The original was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that remix fucking killed it. That right. was it. That was it. When that remix hit, so I, I feel like the 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 
the summer or no, the fall of '91, mm. between the scenario remix and the shut them down remix. Really, I mean that to me was the changing of the guards for for hip hop because you know, and the thing is, I know that we all have like our own romantic feelings of what like classic hip hop should be or whatever, but it's like in my head, and especially as a DJ now, mm. like some of the stuff that I like doesn't really transfer well to the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Like I love speaking of America's Most Wanted, I love the shit out of like that 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 cut and nigga you love to hate. Nigga, love to hate yeah. Wow. But it's like sonically that doesn't work well in a nightclub atmosphere. And it really wasn't working when you spin off wax. Like with Serato <laughs> is loud as shit. But yeah. For that- me what's classic about shutting down was like it was made under ten minutes. <laughs> the remix was? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wow. Yo, I, I lied to y'all not. It's no exaggeration. It it was it was a rush job. I had to be at the studio at four. I was late. I left. You know, let I didn't me just even throw leave something together. There's no time to overthink. It. No, I didn't no even leave my crib. So I was like, you know what? Let me just. And then I seen some albums laying there. I hate you right stuff. now, man. <laughs> you know, grab the Isley Brothers. Grab Tom Scott. Grab. What is that? Tom Scott. What, no, I know that, but what song is it? Um, not the same Honeysuckle Rose record, is it? Never My Love. I hate you right now, man. Yeah. Never My Love. Ah! <laughs> so that's, you said that's three songs? That's yeah, that's a, a, Pooh Bar used the version of it too, but not Tom Scott. He used the Cal, yeah, Pooh Bar's version the Cal, was the... Cal Jada. Cal Jada yeah. Yeah. Oh, for the I Like It. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. But I don't know what it when Under like 10 when minutes. I heard it, but to me it's so complex and so layered drums. First, first of all, like yeah, the drums, the fact that you separate it. Yeah, I mean, besides Marley, like with nobody beats a biz and taking drums and reimagine it. Like, why didn't you just think like an amateur like me would have just took Long Red? An amateur like me would have took Long Red and just looped it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And That's what I was you, doing. That's what I mean. No, but you chopped it. I chopped it too. But. Thus giving you the ability to EQ it better. Yeah. I, I mean, assuming that you didn't mix that in stereo. When like, I found a dope snare that hit hard and made a drum track with it and rubbed Long Red against it, it was just like, wow. Like, you know, I'm going to explain to you what Long when, Red When it hit oh, with good. the Long Red the snare and your snare... That's why. Like, yeah, out there. So what? What yeah, Peter's wow. explaining that? <laughs> so this group named Mountain. <laughs> yeah, Mountain. Yeah. One one of the few groups that uh, wasn't documented on the Woodstock. Right. Nope. <laughs> on the Woodstock documentary. Yeah. Long Red was from Woodstock, right? Yeah, yeah it was it from was. Woodstock. Yeah. Yep. And it's actually him. There's a version without the breakbeat, also. Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the studio version. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. this particular version from Woodstock, that hip, the, the live mean, one. That that's hip hop staple um, is actually him mocking the audience for not knowing where the one was because oh, if you hear wow. them, they're mm. all clapping. They're clapping clap on the your one hands too. What he's doing? So yeah. he's like on tempo, Jack. Like yeah. on tempo, it. gang. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. So on tempo, Jack. Like oh, don't yeah. mess up my groove. <laughs> on tempo. Yes. Yeah, you took that louder. Yeah. yeah. That's that was. Or louder. everyone takes that louder. Yeah. 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 Louder. Yeah. But the thing is, is that. You know, 
a, an average person would have just looped the four bars from it. Yeah. Whereas now the Renaissance crew is taking these breaks mm-hmm. and doing the early phases of what we call just flipping, mm-hmm. where you take the snare and the kick yeah. and you reinvent it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, and I mean, around the time, because I remember you chopped up, um, this was a couple years later when you talk about, I mean, we talk about flipping records. AZ, oh, give me yours. Oh, give me yours, John. Well, you took the mini rivers. Mm-hmm. I had that original sample. Oh. And I, was just, I, I mean, you know, my mom was played all the time. Yeah. And I was like, yo, you said why Dorothy is Ashby? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It was uh, no, it's um, it's not Dorothy Ashby. It's um, yeah, no, that's well, many. Yeah, the, the it's many. It's many. Rippington. It's many. Uh, the um, I thought you meant yours. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's here we go. It's here we go by Many Rippington. Yep, yeah. And I that was a song I heard you know a million times. Yep, yep. But I never heard it done in that way. I used to love that song. Mm-hmm. Where that's how I, why I looped it because I used to be like, oh, I used to listen to this on tape. Yeah, on cassette, yeah. slow jam, and just totally made it something new. Mm-hmm. Many and people, Bryson, shut him down's the burger, but you know, you 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 have the perfect chopped onions, and the lettuce, and, and you... <laughs> yeah, tomatoes <laughs> on that joint. But the thing is, is that a song like uh, "And I've Been Good to You" by uh, the Osley Brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, when you take this, uh, it's not quantized. Mm-mm. All right, so you know what? You, you know gotta what? be my you gotta be my Negro translator. Yeah. With, with quantize <laughs> meaning that it's not in perfect time. No, it's not. No, just... I didn't loop it. I I actually chopped a half a bar each of it back then. If you telling me that you made this in ten minutes, this means you are working at the speed of sound. Yes, speed lightning because I had to go. So you note for note, <laughs> you didn't have time. Nope. I had to be time. out, son. I had to, you know, I was. At that time, and being late in the music business was like a big deal. So you know, I was just trying to, and then well, I was still late, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I had a hot joint with me, so that's why I was like. So, what was the look on their face when who who did you play for when you when I got in there? Jamie stopped, you know, in the studio with with him, and him bugging out and saying, "Yo, we got something here. We're gonna play around with these sounds." And, and did it take long to line up? Like, nah, it probably took a little while. But you know, once I got, once I had the beat and the bass line, everything else was like. So, what was Chuck's reaction when he heard it? I wish I could have seen his face, but I, really? I wasn't around when he. There's man. the the two best public enemy stories I ever heard. Both came from Buster Rhymes. Yeah, Buster knows. Buster has a story. Of being like Buster and Charlie Brown and Dinkle used to always be uh, at their studio. Chuck named them. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck named Buster. He Rhymes. named Buster Rhymes right, after right. a football player. Right. So <laughs> after high school, like leaders of the new school used to always just hang at the studio. Yep. And it was there for reminisce. Really? Wow. Yeah. Charlie Brown was in the in the mix when when I first listened down to the first listen down when really? it was done. Charlie was there. Well, crying, and I was crying. Dude, I was saying that. <laughs> wow, we Buster, were crying. Buster told me that he's like a, a hip hop song never made him cry real tears until the moment where after school they heard "Rebel Without a Pause" for the yeah. first time, and he says, "But man, when I heard 'Shut Him Down,' like he's like, I went out my mind because 
Yeah, he did. It was just, <laughs> it was just unheard of. Genesis like, album. He 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 was like, yeah, he redid it. Yeah, I want to do that again, Pete. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know how Buster talk. No, I don't yeah. talk. I can't do Buster. No. One yeah. thing I wanted to ask you in terms of like with your remixes because it's very different now. Mm-hmm. You know, with you got computers, you can just line things up. Yeah. How were you able to get the vocals to sync with the track? Oh, like, how that did was do that. That was Jamie's job. But I was good because I I I'd be like, look, man, make him ride that beat. This is the a new remix joint. I want you know, I want it to sound totally different from the original. And Jamie and was you just locking using Pro Tools, in. Were you? No, it was it was Simpty and all that stuff. And uh, like that. So you have to fly the vocal in from the <laughs> yeah, real. From yeah, the real. and Jamie was nice because he used to splice. So anything that he would time wise, he would splice tape, and then it was crazy with him, man. Wow, the, I think about the way we used to work, and it was just like, wow, all that's cut off. It's the work today is much easier, it's faster. We were doing it like the hard way, the long way. So when when this comes out, then suddenly, what's what's Pete Rock's life like after this? My life has changed. was was this the game changer? Nah, but yeah, man. It's just my life just went from being, a, you know, paper boy delivering papers in my hood, from flipping steaks in the mall to hanging with my cousin, going to the studio, hanging out with Hev, you know, taking, you know, acting like a little sponge around Howie T and Teddy Riley and Molly, and made my mind up and say, yeah, this is what I want to do. From that, just from that experience i was you know so I, what were the next Howie T's crib. i, I was like yeah it's how what's, what, yeah what's it like watching him because he's another genius. clean beat maker i know clean his shit's still banging yeah, he, he'll take a record like and i never heard impeach sound so clean yeah he took he it we did it on uh howie t was a producer uh Special Ed. Yeah, special like ed uh, and for chub rock chub rock yep, yeah yep. he chopped up on uh Especially at second album, you wish you could impeach over the Superman. It's my favorite, yes, it's my favorite Man, joint. I love yes! that fucking. It's my God, favorite joint. That shit. And that's how'd you favorite. remember that, Fonte? He said it was uh, his oh, favorite special joint. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could. Yeah, man. I wish you, you would. Yeah, I play that all the time, man. Yeah, that's Howie T going. was amazing. Like it, it, it was him and Marley for me. You know, coming up, of course, Rick Rubin, and, and you know, I listen to like Curtis Blow and the live musicians. Right. Mm-hmm. Give me, all. give me your, give me if you can't five. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say three for now. Okay. What sessions were you there to witness that were historic? Teddy, like, Ryan. give me, give me your five most historical. Like, yeah, I'm working on this song, and then it, it's it's a game changer. Well, Teddy Riley, Molly Mall. But wait, what? I mean, I'm we talking got about our songs. Thing days what songs? And, oh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, a new Jack Swing, you know. Uh, yeah, I was, Hev was always with Teddy Riley. They used to hang out a lot, like, you know what I'm saying? So I used to be with Hev and, you know, be witnessing things he's doing, you know, his, you know, exclusive stuff. What did he work on? He once Jane told me. Child, you remember that group? Yeah, oh don't want to fall in love. Don't want to fall in love. Wait, that's, 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 sorry, that's, that's my favorite Teddy Riley remix. <laughs> really? Let's talk about it. No, let's talk about it. <sighs> All his stuff. Was let's talk about amazing it. Amazing to me. So what? What equipment was he using? Because everything, big. But he told me it, was, it sounded so basic. Oh, you know, SSL board. And, you know, Pro Tools wasn't out then. It was straight board. You know what I mean? He told me that he. 
I don't know which Michael Jackson Neve song from Board. I think I saw from it. Dangerous that yeah. he did all the pre. It was either Remember the Time or no no no. Yeah, he she's did driving, she did she's driving me wild. He says I did it in the a project kitchen. Like he had a setup in. He's like he kept his old apartment setup mm-hmm. that he used for the guy album. And did, stuff. Yeah, and yeah, the Keith Sweat yeah, stuff. Yeah. And he did all most of Michael Jackson's dangerous inside of his project yeah, kitchen. It, with a producer, it's it's about that that comfortability spot. Like if you're comfortable, it can happen anywhere, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> a hit record can happen anywhere. So you do majority of production pre like do you do it in this actual studio or no, you drop it off? No, I always do beats at home first and then I go in. And you know, and then when I, when I'm in this the studio like this, and I'm laying the beat down, then we playing around with it, and I'm playing with records, and then maybe I'll add some some more stuff that matches with it. You know what I'm saying? Man. So, all right. Well, you said the, the Teddy Riley. What else? What uh, what other historical songs uh, were you there to see? I mean, I was around Molly a lot, so you know. All the half stuff, all the some some cane stuff, some biz stuff. Mm. I saw. Was Al B? Was he hanging around y'all? That Al B. Sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Wow. Yeah. I I was gonna say, what is your obsession with just rhyming with biz? Oh. Man, you've made Yo, <laughs> he has said that shit so many times. <laughs> I, I think it, 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 that record just like how how, me how did how did how did the publisher of just rhyming? I know it's a James Brown sample, but it just reminded me of James Brown, even with Kane and Biz on the shit. Right. You know? No, I knew you, you didn't use it for the James Brown. No, angle. no, he, no. He used the voice. But yeah. it was the voices. Their voices. Were but like all the main ingredient was, man. Like, did you have to cut a special uh, deal? Check it or out, y'all. Like, check it out, y'all. Nah, I right. think so. <laughs> no, when 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 well, the Marley, great spirit's when, going when, now, the great spirit's yeah, going now. I think Marley won a case with Warner or something like that, and you know he owns all his stuff now. So mm, he does. Yeah, he owns it all. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's what's up. From what I understand, I wanted to uh, ask you about um, in terms of you know we talked about the first EP, the mm-hmm. All Sold Out. Yeah. Um, how exactly did you and CL get signed to Electra, and how did y'all first? Well, how did y'all meet? Together? Yeah, how y'all? Yeah, in high school. In high school, you know, a couple of neighborhood guys, you know, introduced me to him. He had a distinctive voice. He didn't sound like nobody I, I've ever heard. So I thought it would be good to do some stuff on him. When I heard him rap, I was like, okay, he he, he can he can ride a beat. Let's let's. And we were doing basement demos. Like got like forty or fifty of them. You know what I'm saying? And we made a song off of Dance to the Drummer's Beat. You know? Oh wow! <laughs> really? <laughs> that yep. was your first demo? Yep. Yep, some of our first demos, we was taking common stuff. And, and then that's when I started getting raw with the beats and using, like, stuff that people weren't using. We were making demos, and we got signed off of my basement demos off, off of four track. Ooh. Yeah. Do you still yeah. have the stuff? or? Yeah, I have. I have. Well, they, ha- they put out a... Somebody, I don't know. I must have lost the tape or something. Somebody got <laughs> like, it. And they put it out. Tape. They put it out, and there's some stuff on there. I got it though. I got I got a lot of this stuff. Wow. Did y'all have like a full commitment? Like when y'all got together, were y'all like, okay, we gonna make a few records, and then we gonna like disperse. we did demos first, and then at the time I was DJing on the radio with Molly, so I would test it out and play it on the radio. You know what I'm saying? And people. Will respond and you know. When you were know. you DJing with Molly on uh, 87, 88, 
Back then? Yeah, in 89. Oh, we, I was on there for like three years straight on BLS with Clark. And then we rotated, like me and Clark Kent. First, it was just me the whole weekend. Then it was me, Clark Kent. And then, um, you know, once in a while, he'll pull in a DJ from somewhere. But back then, it was great because, you know, Kid and Play had they hot new stuff out back then. Right. Um, you know, Mike Tyson was in his prime. They, they were all coming up there to visit. The station to do interviews. Oh wow! And I was just a little young kid there, like. You know. <laughs> it, it it took me watching straight out of Compton to realize that some of the most successful hip hop producers had to cut their teeth DJing first. Mm-hmm. 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 Now it's the other way. My around. thing was like reverse. My my situation was reverse, but mm-hmm. I never considered myself like jumping in the pool of. Yo, when I play this beat, the nightclub like this yeah. nightclub <laughs> that comes from like you gonna clean your house real good to this root song. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. would for you mm-hmm. um, being a DJ, mm-hmm. would audience reaction or would you ever have a fear of like, ah, uh, this might not work on them or like, is who who do you imagine when you make a beat? Mm-hmm. Who are you imagining? Yo, they gonna go crazy when they hear this. Like, uh, what's what's the vision moments. in your mind where you're like, I'm, I'm, it's the feeling that I, I just get overjoyed when I make. So it's a, a goosebump hot, feeling. Yeah, like, and I, and I want to, you know, call an artist. Yo, 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 listen to what I do. You know, like the world is yours. It happened, um, when he came over, mm-hmm. and I just went through a couple of this. I had that beat made already. You know what I'm saying? I went through a couple of this and I popped that one in first and and I didn't play no more beats after that. Mm. Was he was like, he immediately, was, that, was that, the was the that was the one. That was the one. That was it. Did you, I mean, working on Illmatic, did you sense already that, okay, this might be something special or was it just like a, after day? he heard it and liked it and then after I heard what he wanted me to sing on it, and so that came afterward. You yeah, didn't have the it, rhymes. But oh man! <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that's when y'all he was were killing. Working, did you know that like Tip and Large Pro and everybody else was working on it too? Yeah, yeah, you we know, all knew. Oh, we all okay. knew Primo Tip, you know. But was um, it like a battle did, at the time? I think in everybody else's mind, I think that's what was going on. We was all competing, and um, I think when Primo heard. The world is yours. He went back. Up is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, Tip only had one love, you know, the one love joint. And LES had one joint. I had one joint. And Primo had three. Okay. Yeah. So that that environment, I mean, were you guys record shopping on, on the... Yeah. We used to walk in on each other digging. Right? One time I... There's this jazz record, you know, jazz. You would never know where this record store is. There's a record store next to Jive Records, the label. Oh, wow. Wait, and where Battery Studios it is? It looks like a mechanic building. There's nothing on it that says it's a record store. <laughs> so it's upstairs? <laughs> upstairs. It's like shopping in Japan. They like... have all the great jazz records in there. Like, ridiculous. And Tip is in there on the ground. And, you know going through records with his glasses on and he's, you know, on the floor. I'm like, okay, this this is about to get serious <laughs> with your boy because I see how hard he's going, so I got to go even harder. So is it a breathless 
race to the finish, like okay. Mm. Now when I had record shop, let's say late <laughs> later in eh, ninety nine, two thousand, mm. two thousand one, mm-hmm. um, I would meet a few dealers mm-hmm. that would be like Pete bought this. No, you would buy the entire Stark reality. Only <laughs> only you and Biz, you and Bismarck are the only cats I know, or at least heard like the urban legend is that you will buy out an entire section of record yeah. so that no, no one, one else, else can get, get it. it. <laughs> well, I I also spent the night in the hotel where the convention would be, and I would have a room upstairs and just come downstairs at seven o'clock AM. And so they would come one to you time, first. <laughs> one time I, I was bought, I was finished with digging and I was, you know, carrying boxes to the car to come back in, bring them and Tip was just looking at me like <laughs> <laughs> it looked like he just wanted to turn around and go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's a question. I've I've heard a lot of people say that they don't want to see you in a record shop because no, they know no. there's nothing left. <laughs> is there anybody that you don't want to come behind? Of course. He wants no of one course, to come behind. Of course, man. No, I'm just saying, is there anybody that you don't want to come to the store yeah, before yeah, you? Yeah, like who? Yeah. Who? Uh, Premier. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Like, was, I remember one time I walked up. Okay, same thing. On twenty, there's another record store, Jazz, mm-hmm. on Twenty Seventh Street. Wouldn't know it's in the building. Primo's in there. Oh, I walk up in there thinking I'm, I got something all to myself, <laughs> and Primo's in there getting all the great, you know, all that gangstar shit. You know, that's what that, that Jazz store was dope. But did you know what you? We're looking for, or was it just based on like? Yeah. Right, so I kind of knew, but cover. We used to just take chances, take chances. That see jazz store is still there. See some afros and some. some Wait, it's still there. The one he's talking about is still there. Is that the, the one you second. told me about? Say yeah, yeah. word. It's, yeah. Wow. The, uh, That's what you told me about. Was talking about it on the show. Uh, I used uh, to go there. Oh, Sex Lies and Videotape. What's his name? Oh, that's a why, why, uh, the actor. That's a reference. Rob No, the Blacklist. What's his name? Yeah. Oh, James Spader. Spader. Oh, Spader. Spader. James Spader yeah. shops at that spot. It's like wow. Jazz Market. I think it's called like Jazz Market. Wow. Yeah, Jazz Market. Something that's like that. it. All yeah. of us used to actually go in there. So wait, near Job Records, that's near Battery Studios. Yep, it was right next door. Dude, I recorded my first. Five albums yeah. at Battery Studios. Yeah. How come I never heard Axe of this place? Tip. Axe Q-tip. Axe Q-tip. It's on the eighth floor. It's like an office building. It's on like the eighth floor. Like you. You don't even know it's a record store until you Damn. get to the door. I've yep, lived... you get to the door. But don't you think somebody's secretly keeping it from you at this point? You know what I mean? I feel <laughs> some sort of way. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> Two things I learned about recording at Battery Studios. One, I did all the tales of my my coming to 42nd Street was like, oh, it's all Disney. Like, I didn't know about the New York City version of... Oh, the shoot, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah that. Yeah. Battery is where I did... But the rest of the roots were like... But I'm the one at the studio, like working, mm. and they on the forty deuce, right? Oh. <laughs> wow! But now I'm not. I can't believe that the spot was here, and I didn't know about it. Right yeah, battery. You should be able to type I, away. I did the Will Smith and Jeff stuff there too. Really? Yeah. But a home base, Cold Red, Red album. Oh, Cold Red. It was yeah, Cold, Cold Red. Yeah. Damn. Dang, Pete. Who haven't? No. Who you? Who do you want? Is there anybody who's left? left? Yeah, who's left? Who? Well, Kid and Play. Um, who else I worked with? I mean. But who is left that you haven't that you would want to? Is there? Actually, 50 Cent. Really? You know, a couple of G-Unit dudes, man. For real? Yeah. I've never worked with 50. What's the whole back? None. Does he know that you? Does no. He... No. Uh, no. We'll I just got to sure bump into him. We gotta, I got to catch him in the studio or something. <sighs> 
I'll make some magic. I gotta have my beats on me or something. How does the environment of, I mean, the, the, the chemistry between you and CL. Mm-hmm. Right now? I mean, no, 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 no. I just meant back then when, when oh, the album comes out because. We were young kids having fun, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, we found something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we found something so to tour- do. So touring, but I'm saying that because Megan's The Soul Brother mm-hmm. was such a New York record. Yeah. How is this translating uh, across the United States? Mm. I mean, you still had the aid of, of MTV. And you still had Rap right. City, so you know it wasn't that regional. Where and Soul Train was still around because mm-hmm. we did, we did. You definitely did Soul, Soul Train. Train. You know what I mean? So I mean, like if you guys are doing a show in uh, Mississippi mm-hmm. or something, like what's the reception like? But it, it was pretty good, you know. But you, okay, you know what's funny that you mentioned. I mean, have you ever had a moment where it's like? P Rock and CL Smooth, and then like on a promotional yeah. tour. You know, promotional tours yeah, we used to go on promotional tour for a month or a month and a half, yeah. and you don't get paid. You know what I'm saying? Right. You out there busting your ass just to get known. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when we would perform in a place like that, people would be there. You know, show up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, so it wasn't a thing where it's like y'all at a strip club and they like, this ain't Luke. No, <laughs> y'all New Yorkers, y'all talk. Yeah, but funny. you know what? You have your people who are very adamant about what they like, and you know they, you know they rock with what they rock with. So and do you feel that, left out in the cold uh, sometimes? Do you feel like the regional divide started, say, post chronic post? Like where did where did you where did you what was your role or where did you lie in the? I guess the. East, West. But yeah, like when did that start rearing its head? Um, 95, 96. Mm. Really? Yeah, 95, 96. And, um, so know, when I, did you know, like, oh shit, I had my own stress shit. going, you know, me and CL breaking up and all that. Right. So then the East, West thing, then, you know, me thinking everyone in hip hop was invincible, and then motherfuckers started dropping. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was nah, like, probably. You know, we were shocked. We were in shock. Like, wow, he got shot. Like, and he's dead. Like, you know what I mean? Wait a minute. Yeah. You got to tell me the story. Dude, you originally you did Juicy. Yeah. Tell me. Can you tell well, me the Juicy story? Yeah. I, I, you know, all right. Puff, Big, everybody came over. Puff brought Big to my house, to the basement. Wait, let me just introduce. Like, the idea of rhyming over, like, it started with Pete Rock. And yeah. then it got think- puffetized. Yeah. So and tell but, us but, story. But, but the story. Rhyming over just a, a very no, like, well known loop. Okay. Like, it's not when Biggie was rhyming over Juicy, mm-hmm. Pete Rock's the one that, like, yo, rhyme over yeah. this. Like, it was a Pete Rock beat. Yeah. Initially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then. Well, Pop's done this before. Yeah. Because, like, even Mariah Carey's Honey. Was a Q-tip beat, mm-hmm. but Diddy should have been like y'all, young boy though, right? Because he's from Mount Vernon, mm-hmm. but he was younger. Yeah, than y'all, he's from so... he's from Del Avenue, Mount Vernon. We wow. we all grew up together. All right, let him tell us. Okay, all right. Yeah, but but with him, um, with the juicy. Okay, when the juicy thing happened, he brought Big over, you know, and Big came in there, and you know, he was he stood against the wall, humble, quiet. He was just like, yo, 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 I just want to see, I just want to see how you make a beat, yo. Just show me how you make a beat. And then I made In the Flesh. 
You mean in the flesh in, in the front flesh, of Biggie? In the flesh in front of Biggie. God. That's on the main Yo. ingredient. Yep. In the wait, can I? Wait, we can we take, talk about? We gotta take, we take time to talk about we, them records, man. Right. Like, can we take? <laughs> wait, I, I gotta. Do I Biggie was to play there. The he was standing right there. You mean that's the story I want? Like, yeah. What historical? Yeah. Yeah, Dog. He made that in in the flesh. And what was like, Biggie's reaction to in the flesh? He was loving it. You know what I'm saying? Ben started picking like these beats. You know, like he was picked over ten beats, but we never did none. You know what I mean? Uh, All right, wait, Steve. I heard. Okay, yeah. I want to explain something. This is what, this is what's going to blow Steve's mind. Steve, do you know my obsession with a certain synth? Do I even have to tell you yeah, the story? Do I have to finish the story? Yeah. Yeah, you, do. you do need to finish the story. I'm going to finish the story. Okay, no, my obsession with Steve using Miller? Steve Miller Band's oh, space. space like, Steve hates nothing more than that. Than hearing that arpeggio Why? happen. No, because I over, like, oh, it's well, everything. I love, oh, I, mean, I love that song. We all but, use that shit. Yeah. But I, it's just, it it constantly. It's at the top of his little toolbox. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 there. But <laughs> it's only, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. The thing was, is that when the roots yeah. When we exiled to 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 London, mm-hmm. and we were broke, cold, poor, <laughs> it was the worst feeling. We only had two cassettes to hold us down for like Uh-oh. most of 1994, Uh-oh. and that was to Cal. Mm. Ooh, that- and that was the main ingredient. Say a word. And <laughs> even in, I mean. It was some of the most, it was the worst. I mean, every group grows through basic training to, 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 to soldier up and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, mm. really establish themselves. And so th- this was the hunger year. Everyone has those hunger years yeah, where you're yeah. just starving. Yeah. And you don't know if you're coming or yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. for me, like, In the Flesh wasn't even a song, but it was more meditation. And it was just like the way you layered. Steve Miller Band Space mm. was George like Benson, yeah. that to George me. Benson, yeah. mm. I mean, me and Tariq's only fist fight in history happened in '94. <laughs> <Say And, that. laughs> and, and post fist fight, it was just like, I got relax. I need right. in the flesh. But yeah, yeah. It was just, <laughs> it's funny because Reek used to come to the crib a lot too. We used to have fun. You know what I mean? Do you, you still have the same crib? Yeah, same house. I've never been to the Pete Rock. Yeah, you gotta come. House make your what do you call it? What do you call it? Uh, the basement. Oh my god, you been there, Fonte? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yo, slept dude, on the floor. Yeah. Slept on the floor when we first, like, after yeah. shortly after I quit my job. I mean, hell, like, <laughs> you went yeah, I, I, I went this out like, listen, I, I'm homeless, niggas. I gotta come. <laughs> but, uh, but no, nah, we came. We all drove up there. Me, ninth, my homie for ten, yep, yep. uh, Pooh, all of us. Everybody, we drove yeah. up there, slept on the floor, and like uh, nine of them motherfuckers. Yeah, we was all in the crib. I think we ordered like we might have ate once yeah, in like yeah, three days. We yeah. just ordered pizza, but uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. we was in the basement, and, and um, that was where the first time I really. Yep. Understood yep. just how much work he put in. Well, I mean, he has a closet. I don't know if the closet's still there. Yeah. And he was just like showing us bags of this. He was like, Yeah, so yeah, these were main ingredient beats. Yeah, and yeah. This is stuff from Megan the Soul Brother. Yeah. And this is stuff. I'm like, Are yeah. you kidding me? And, and you was, still have that stuff. Yeah. I got the world is yours on this still. That's amazing. Yeah. How did Biggie lose this? 
<laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like, or was Puff making his decisions for him more? Yeah, yeah, but not when he was picking beats. You know, like he. So Biggie was like, "All right, this is all right." Yeah, he was like, he wanted the interlude beats. He wanted my interludes. So juicy, we got to finish talking about juicy. So, yeah. so him, yeah. So you know, I was playing the beat. I had the drums playing when they came downstairs. The boom, chicka boom, boom, because I was gonna put something else in there. Uh-huh. And he, he, he knew, you know, yeah, he knew what it, he knew what it was. It was a hit record, you know, right? So the ideas is churning in his head. You know what I'm saying? Like, so did they at least come to you and say, "Yo, like, make do the, the drum, remix, make the drums less"? They came to me and said, "Do the remix," and I did the but remix. Did they. I mean, did they at least give you the option to change the drums a little bit so that you yeah. could? Yeah, yeah, that's what I did in the remix, though. No, no, no. But I'm just saying that the I original. Thought, I thought that what we know is the P Rock remix of Juicy. The origi- that was the original idea. That's right. it. That, it. Only the idea. But they did it. You know what I'm saying? Like whoever did it, Track Masters, whoever. But they the idea is what you hear right on the record. now. And, you know, they just looped it, man. So, I mean, did you feel some sort of way, like, well, back then I was I was a little crazy. So I was feeling, <laughs> a little, feeling a little ways about people. So, you know, how how did you but feel? But now that I realize that music is universal, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't belong to nobody but the people we sampling it from. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, like, right. you know what I mean? I have a question about a similar situation. What, what's the story behind uh, Trap Called Quest and Jazz? Um, oh, shit. Same thing. The Chris Mayfield drum, you yeah, don't yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The same thing. Okay. Tip. They all used to, we all used to hang out. And tip coming over. Heard the beat playing, you know, and went. Nuts. So you contributed the drums? To it, or was the, it the loop? the same way you hear it on Tribe's album? Right, is how I did it. But I just had little little stuff in it on top of it. But same drums, same loop. You know what I'm saying? I want to say you played that for mm-hmm. us when we were at your crib. Mm-hmm. I want to say you played his version of jazz. Yeah, I, I, I think you I did, the, the 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 disc. Yeah, yes, yeah. I still have it. So, Pete, have you like developed any relationships with any of these living legends that you like? You know. Change it. Yeah. Like um, even Roy Ayers. That's what I was Roy Ayers was on tour with Roy, shared some some weird Polydor stories, mm. you know, James Brown stuff. <laughs> oh, and it was fun touring with him. You know what I mean? Um, searching is my. Well, wait, I know that he nah, owns his masters. Like, yeah, yeah. Did he ever hook you up with like. Um, <laughs> he, there's another ramp album out there he, oh, that, he's, yeah, that he has recorded. He told me this out of his mouth that he has. That never came out. Ramp. What? Not the ramp that Tip used. Another album. Yeah, a whole another. Came game. out in 78. Because that ramp album that everybody's finding is uh-huh. not the original album. It's, that's a, a bootleg. Right, right. That's not. Hold up. Coming the one, to, that's coming not to, the original to pressing. Oh. But it was bootleg, 70s bootleg. You understand what I'm saying? Really? Yeah. Wait, how? It never. He said it never really came out. It never officially came out. Never officially came what? out. So what I have it on white label. I have a promo. What we're finding in 1989, 1990 mm-hmm. was... Mm-hmm. Oh. Q-tip. What? Yeah. Man. Wow. Yeah, I thought he was masterful for that find right there. Wow. Ah, <sighs> uh, damn. I never knew of that one. Never knew. <laughs> nah. So did you ever get, like, what did Roy ever say about your version of Searching? Oh, we used to do it in the shows. And he oh, like, man. You know, wow. Like, you know, he'll do the song, then I'll come in with the hip-hop version. 
But I made a live version. I made it over. And and yeah, it's pretty. That was one of my favorite joints. I remember you telling me at the crib, that was Navelle playing keys and playing the roles on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So main ingredient, what I wanted to uh, talk about uh, when you were talking earlier about like the, you know, the South and how, you know, we receive. Y'all used to get love around my way. Like we love Pete. I was surprised that even y'all that y'all you know came from North Carolina sounding like that right <laughs> a lot of us I was like what man you know, we, we grew it's up like Slum Village it's like the same, same reaction like oh my god yeah we grew up guys? on y'all shit and yeah, so like when Mecca and the Soul Brother came out mm-hmm. I remember that was the record we would play like after practice you know what I'm saying during the summer like after practice we'd be you know yeah. after football practice yeah. and we'd just be running it and so then couple years later because i remember y'all had the uh this was in the source y'all used to have the ads and it was like guess who's back in the house and oh yeah i remember that it was remember guess that. who's back in the house and then like that. the next episode the next issue it'll be yeah, like yeah that was crazy guess who's back in the house it yeah. would get bigger yeah and yep. then like the next issue yeah. it would be the album Us. cover yes it was y'all yes so oh. when when main ingredient you set me up for snoop dog <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 where he going with this? Nah, man. that was not, that was the ad. That was how he did the source. Yeah, that and was so the source ads. With know. that record, man, mm-hmm. I just remember buying it, and mm-hmm. I got a love when I first heard "Got Love." I, and I even told you this before. Yeah. When I first heard "I Got Love," I was like, okay, cool. Like, that was like, I was like, I'm shocked. That's Kanye's you know what? Favorite I had the beat. same. Really? No, that's funny. I'm shocked had, that that's his favorite beat. They wanted. I wasn't with that. As the single? No, I wasn't with it. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, okay. It was just one of them joints that I was like, but they went crazy over it. And the manager and CL, well, who's they? Um, the management. The management. They wanted that out, you know. Was it? Uh, I, was, it I was aiming for something else. I forgot what song. What did I want first? Was it Take You There? I know that Six became took you there. Some okay. One of them radio-friendly ones. And... But the thing I noticed with that record was that the production just got, oh, I mean, the remixes, but mm-hmm. the production, you were one of the first producers I remember to that I thought arranged hip-hop songs like a songwriter would. Like, yeah. you have intro, yeah. bridges, breakdown, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. I was taught that by my cousin Hev and, and Eddie F. Mm. Eddie F used to program, you know, bridges and shit. You know, and then also Marley. I picked that up from Marley too. The bridge thing. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. That record. Yeah, main ingredient was the one for me where I was just like, "Yo, like hip hop gets no better than this." Yeah, that was the one. And with the interludes, I mean, talk to us about yeah, like how create creating a record. Yeah. Like, how do you? What was on your mind when you with both uh, Mecca and the Soul Brother and the main ingredient and the interludes and. What like, what were my... you imagining, um, like, with making this record? Like, showing us your world or your record collection? Being a like... part of, like, a superhero team. Mm. Like the Avengers. And <laughs> I collect comic books, so, you know, I was on Not some comic books. Not a Hulk. He's there, the Hulk. That's his man. Yeah, I was on some comic book shit. You know what I'm saying? With them beats, you know? So, I, I took it on. I took on that, that theme, you know? All right, now, how were you able to pull that off on the business team? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, after they was digging the album and they felt the music sounded really good, I think everybody was on some, this has to just come out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The people got to hear so, this shit. Sylvia Rome that. wasn't like, eh, yeah, being, You know, know we had to clear some samples, you know. We had to clear well, I just some meant samples. the interlude. Yeah, like, yeah. 
just interludes was just shit. I was just like on some whatever. Yeah, yeah listen to this. Did somebody come and knocking like a? <clears throat> uh, People wanted them interludes, man. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wanted them interludes. What was your nightmare story with the interludes and clearances? Um, not many because they were pretty short. You know what I mean? So I don't know if musicians. All right, never mind. Don't. Yeah. Name. You know okay. Now yeah, you gotta name nothing, nobody. But nobody catch nobody. I don't think nobody that I'm sampling from is really listening like that. But it's weird because everyone has like. All right, with the De La situation, mm-hmm. I mean, the Turtles weren't listening, but like the Turtles' kids, kids were. Yeah. was, even with me and Dr. Dre, like, I was like, yo, that's my parents. I never yo, sampled that. Mm. Never. They have some rare, funky Congress albums Alex. on Strawberry Records. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I had no clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have some joint. Had they no had some joint. And that's when I hit you on Twitter and was like, yo, man, why you ain't? Oh, so they don't get a check for that? <laughs> no. You have that uh, stuff? You have you know, the vinyl? You know what's weird? Yeah, I got it. Okay. okay. The, the, uh, it's kind of a weird situation uh, with uh, Philly's own Larry Maggot, mm. proprietor of the Ticketmaster uh, Empire, mm-hmm. and who used to. My dad built his empire. My, my, he used to manage my father. Uh, and he, well, he was my father's agent for college gigs. So this is long after Leandro's in the Hearts finished. Okay, Lee and was and he was doing uh like college gigs around the '60s and whatnot. Mm. Like Larry Maggot was his agent, wow. and through that college money, that's how Larry Maggot started Ticketmaster. Wow. Of which, in some strange, in some strange turn of events with uh, Julius Caesar, yeah. uh. The Ticketmaster Empire sort of conspired against him, and they started Live Nation, mm. and kind of kicked him. Like, so he got his payback. He got, if, yeah. if if okay. you if you saw Entourage, it'd be like if Ari Gold had like twelve proteges mm. and 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 interns working for him. He taught them the tricks of the trade, and they all started and, their own company. Yeah, and then they <laughs> left. Yeah, gotcha. like you guys start a radio empire, and then I'm out, out in the cold, like. Welcome to Tigalo Supreme. (laughs) (laughs) Stuck to winning grand. True, 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 true. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's what. Wow, that's crazy, man. So yeah, all right. So when when the group breaks up Mm -hmm. in ninety four, ninety four after meaning So I mean, were you having a that was an Electra thing? Now that I think about it. Just what was a major the, major label thing, you know, pitting us against each other when something new comes comes into play. Really? What were they? What well, were they groups are hard to control. Well, when Sylvia tells you, you know, you got to make remixes like Puff Daddy's talking to me like this, <gasps> no. and I'm like, not the young boy. I'm like, I'm not, I got nothing against Puff. That's my guy. You know what I mean? But you know, your... people say things, and you just be looking at them like, Rrr. yeah. But tell the truth, Pete. What? You got you got some beats where you put a little triangle in there. <laughs> you know what? I I used to make shuffle joint. I used to make whack beats for fun because I never know who's gonna like it. You know what I'm saying? So so was there? I know, I was there a fluke beat? Yeah. Was there a fluke beat yeah, that like like here or whatever? And people be like, "Yo, I want this shit." I just heard. I, I used a, to be like, "You sure? Nah." You know what, man? I always wanted to ask you this. I was always curious, and th- this was my theory. 
I always thought that your work on Hev's Nothing But Love was your answer to like Puff and like mm. that. Mm. Like that was to me that just sounded like she you but were thought, showing them that you could do that commercial stuff if you wanted to. Right. I thought that was blue front. Right. That's weird. What? Blue Funk got me waiting. Sex with you. Right. Yeah. Those were like the radio. Have wanted that. He knew I could do that. So he was like, you know what, Pete? Yo, I want you to go here. He's always the one to tell me, don't be afraid to go left. Mm -hmm. Or in this case, go right. That's how I made most (laughs) of them beats because he would say that. You know what I'm saying? Well, I only mentioned Blue Funk because, like, I don't know who was on the payroll, Mm -hmm. but. For Soul Train to use Blue Funk mm-hmm. uh, and Black Coffee mm-hmm. for the Soul Train line, like when your yeah. song got chosen for the Soul Train line, <laughs> <you made it. laughs> yeah, I was. She was, was used ecstatic. like five, six, seven, eight, nine times for the Soul Train line, oh, yeah. which Black I was coffee. like, yeah. And then being up in there, it's like, wow, I thought Soul Train was bigger than bigger this. than yeah, it's bigger way smaller. TV. It's small. It's, it's you see shit. the same dancers, that same Asian girl that been there. She was my favorite. Yo, Cheryl she Song. Was, she was there. Shout out to Cheryl Song. Yep, she's, she's, Yo, Pete, not for nothing, yeah. but you know, I know Heavy left like a big void in most of our lives, yeah. and we can say how that void was, but for you, mm-hmm. in your everyday process mm-hmm. of you being you, like what kind of void was that for you? Come on, man. That was... I, I even, you know, I get choked up talking about it, but he, we shared everything together, you know, off of music. Like, you know, the music came later. You know, that was my family. You know what I'm saying? And we grew up from three years old. You know, so that just took half of me away when he passed. Yeah, you and Hev, man, y'all just were. Gave me my career, I could say, basically. Yeah. You know, helped. You know, it was because of him. Yeah, y'all were definitely, you know, when we were coming up, starting Little Brother, I remember one of the things that, you know, you kind of encouraged us mm-hmm. was like doing the singing hooks and stuff. Because yeah. at the time in quote unquote underground hip hop, you weren't really hearing a lot of that. It was now, just rapidity, 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 rap, rap, rap. Heavy D was a rapper, but we always played around off the record singing. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, he wants, he's wanting to do this on record. Them girls, they girls, they love me. We love Amity, you know that. And then we would just do, you know, stuff for him. Right? <laughs> man, you know what I'm saying that's dope. Man, yeah, wow. he was. My mother like loved Everyday. Like she was one of the yep. only rappers. <laughs> Everybody's mama loved him. <laughs> no, Serious, seriously, and us too. And then he was one of the only the MCs that, that translated mm-hmm. into the commercial world. Like when he started acting and doing mm-hmm. no life and mm-hmm. living single. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started. Yo, Martin, you know, yeah, did, uh, rock. living single. Well, yeah, he was on rock. All the black yeah. shit. Oh, the rock, he, was he was good on all, rock. On rock. Ooh, he was good. He appeared on a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even in New, New Jersey Drive cover. movie, New yes. Jersey. New Jersey Drive. He was in Who's the Man? Well, everybody was in Who's the Man. You were in Who's the Man, Yeah, right? we, me and CL were the robbers with Eric Yeah, D. I was going to say, wait a minute, in the bar scene. Yeah, we was sticking up the joint. <laughs> Yeah, that's us in the mask. We got the mask. You can't see our faces. We was mad about that. We was like, "Why we can't be seen?" You still get a check for that, though, right? Uh, I mean, no. how many times did they show it? Think though? the checks Wait. are finished. With yeah, that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. You know what season it is? Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app 
trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this hundred-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One question I have, you Pete, was about um, the period. So after after UNCL broke up, mm-hmm. and so the period where you were working on, that's my joint. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Extra large professor. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> Soul Brother Records. Yeah. And so you were doing this I and I, Big Bob, What happened with those records, man? Um, every man is still it was, my morning. It was right? mad bootleg, but it was, never, why didn't it officially it, Electra it had it. Out. Electra had all of that. They had I and I and Dina. The single but when, came out, but not the album. Not the album, now BBE put it out. Yeah, and but when Sylvia came in to take over from Bob Krasnow, who was the president of Electra, who set me up to for all that stuff to come out. It was all gonna come out under Electra. Then she came and and just, you know, deaded it. Man. So what was your relationship like with Sylvia Rum? Um, shaky. <laughs> like she just doesn't like. I just felt. Pressure. I just felt like she didn't understand who we were. You know what I'm saying? Even with the success of Troy and you after remixing. a while, it was like 1995, 96. They were trying to do some changing, some game changing stuff. All right. So what? What is going through your mind with now? This this is the perfect plot to mm-hmm. things fall apart, <laughs> where. 
No, you you have a warrior, someone very skilled mm-hmm. in a particular craft, mm-hmm. who goes off to war and then mm-hmm. comes back to his homeland to see that the environment has changed. Yeah, and you know it was colonization and, and yeah. all those things yep. that yep. took it. So, what is your response? Because actually, if I recall correctly, mm-hmm. the night, I believe the night. So there there was a night that um when we were working, mm-hmm. the roots were working on um. Uh, uh, on oh, things fall apart up in oh, Detroit. Man. Pete was also, I think, was that the first night you met Dilla when you came to the basement? Yes, and I stayed there. Yo, the most magical night ever <laughs> because Pete is literally remaking like beats over, yep. and we're just standing there like kids in this candy store. <laughs> yes, dude, I was there, and so the Damn. thing is, the thing is that. I was shocked that by that point you said like I don't use a three thousand, mm-hmm. and I was shocked. I was like, "Wait a minute, you're still using a twelve hundred? Now I know like <laughs> your tools are your tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But huh. how do you with with technology moving at the speed of sound the way it is now? I used the twelve all the way up until two thousand and I know, and that's yeah. when I started doing the forty five thing. Really. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, when we came to see you in 02, yeah. I think that was when you had just started that using MP. the 3000. Yep, yeah, yep, using the 3000. Yep, yep. And I love So you it. finally graduated to the 3000. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, I'm on the 2000 XL. And it feels like an upgraded SP1200. So I I feel like I don't need nothing else. Justified. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Justified. <laughs> Yo. James Poiser. Yeah. No, I, I won't even. <laughs> Me and James even, talk on Twitter. We be, I won't even disrespect him. But <laughs> I'm holding him a middle finger. G- James Poiser. <laughs> I won't even disrespect James Poiser teases me. He calls me like a, a played out 90-year-old because <laughs> I can't let my 2000 XL go. Nah, man. Nah, that feels so good. Bro. I can't. Yeah, I can't let it go. Like, I still use it to this day. That's right. And keep using it. He, yeah, he makes me feel horrible for that. <laughs> but I'm saying for you, I use a Ren too. Sometimes I mess with the Renaissance. Really? Yeah. I, so does it? it is it energy? It's, it, it's cool. I like it. It does things. Um, it's it, it well, at least there do, it gives you unlimited time. Yeah, but, but it, it it's a little bit more to it than my thing is simple to the point. If I know what to do, it's done. I know that machine. Really? So. So, uh, but with now, like, are you able to use Ableton? Do you use like modern or anything like that? Um, I have Ableton and I've used it on New York's finest. And, um, do I have, um, just regular, you know, no, nothing crazy. Pro Tools. I had the Pro Tools 7, then graduated from that to the 10. Right. Um. You know, to do extra more stuff. Well, I know it's hard leaving your comfort zone because I know that when uh, Stro Elliott was telling me it was so hard for him to, like, there's there's a a slew of cats right now, like Mm -hmm. Tall Black Guy, Stro Elliott. Tall Black Guy. He's doing it. Joe Ron Bombay. When uh, Joe Ron Bombay is is from Canada, and these cats are. I mean, they're making incredible beats, mm. and but they're using some of the most primitive. Like I remember laughing at Ninth when Fruity he showed Loops. me Fruity Loops. Yeah. I was like, "Wait, this is what?" Yeah, you're doing that's what I didn't know either. <laughs> yeah, but what what these new cats are using are like even a step 
crazier than Fruity Loops, which Damn. is like so basic. And Damn. they were telling me like, well, this is how we first like they were using like Sony Acid. Acid, yeah. Like real Yeah, Tom Black, I use acid. He's he still on acid, yeah. Still very basic, but making miracles out of this shit. And Stro Elliott told me, like, he finally had to physically force himself out of using, like, a lot of that, the the primitive stuff. Wow. So that he could, you know, really jump in the game of, yeah. of beat making. Yeah, man. So is that, I mean, is that a personal fear? Because to hear anyone else say it, it's like, oh, man, it's easy. Like, yeah. once you... Yeah. Once you do it, you won't. But is how hard is it to leave your your tools of the trade? In? Oh man, it's hard. It's hard to because you. I mean, I mean, I made all my hits off that twelve hundred, <laughs> right. and, and it wasn't hard. It wasn't easy for me to give that up. But then when I started playing with the two thousand, I started forgetting about this. Do you still use the twelve hundred? Um, I have. Like, when's the last time you used thousand beats on it? I have still have a a lot of beats with that machine, so I don't I haven't used it lately. Oh yeah, I did on Mac Wow's album, first album. Oh wow, yeah. what did you do on it? Um, I did um song called I think what he named it Love, and then another one called um Duck Sauce. And those beats were done on the on the oh, SP. Yeah, wow. Duck Sauce wasn't the other one. Was. The other one was gotcha. Yeah. Impressive. All straight SP. Uh, salam, salam. Laid that down for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I remember when you uh you were working on the uh the two thousand and yep. the thing I thought was so dope, your bass lines. Mm. How is that? Because so, I mean, you're like one of my favorite bass players that Damn, don't play bro. bass. <laughs> <laughs> humming, humming, humming in my head, listening. You know, just you know, that, that that's just. I think that became a natural thing because that was my thing. I used to want to practice you know, making bass lines, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I, from all the James Brown records I heard, the Barry White records, the Isaac records, all the jazz records, I used to hum bass line. Um, I, I always said that um, if one particular musician, if, if you were personified or if, if you were representing a, a musician, mm -hmm. uh, you were probably, I'd say you would be Marshall Jones. Yeah, I think I've read. Players. I think you. I read something where you I said. had an hour conversation with Marshall Jones, and <laughs> oh, the the look of shock on his face when I'm trying to explain to him how vital him specifically, how mm. vital he was to Renaissance hip hop culture. And he's thinking like, oh, skin tight. And that, I'm like, no, Marshall Jones, you don't get it. Like, and I'm I'm breaking down like, you know, like like what's going on? Like you cover what's going on and paying all that stuff and and players balling. It took like, it took ten minutes for it really to sink in that that westbound version of Ohio players was valuable to us now. Oh my goodness, he couldn't he couldn't understand that for the longest man but eventually like they have unreleased yeah all right dude. from 73 i was gonna yeah. say like wow. i would love nothing better he sent than... me i sent he sent me some files and i was listening to that shit losing my mind like <sighs> god some record and it sounds just like what like it's on that vibe <laughs> it's on that vibe it's not that same you know bass yeah yeah tonight. yeah but just 
Donkey. Like next next to James Jamerson or Motown, like Marshall Jones is is I mean his bass lines are just unbelievable, man. It's it's not flashy. It's and that's the, you know what I'm trying to explain to the cats is like the less you do, the more timeless it is. So Pete, yeah. All right, we we've done a lot about yesterday. Now uh-huh. talk about your what are you up to lately? Well, I mixed the new locks record for <laughs> okay. the album yesterday for their new album. Ah, oh, Styles, Pete, Jada Kiss, and uh, Chic Lou. Shout out to them. And then I got this project with my man Smoke Diz over there. You Smoke Diz, how you doing, brother? <laughs> he's like, he's like, man, I'm so fucking hungry, man. Uh, so, you know we got chicken sandwiches. Don't be hungry up in here. Nah, nah, nah I'm chilling. I'm, okay. I'm cool. I'm nah, cool. nah, that's my dude right there. <laughs> my guy. looking out. at you like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we got this album that's really, really dope. And it's long time coming, and it's long time that we haven't heard something like this, you know, you know, representing hip hop and live, you know, playing, right. you know, mixed with you know, funk. So, what do you what do you feel the standard of excellence is now for 2016? Um, as far as like, is it still for you like a breakbeat that moves you, the loop that moves you, or like, are you now thinking of a generational gap thing and? Yeah, I'm thinking about the generational gap thing because I feel like, like what I, part of you is like, uh, uh-uh, I'm gonna take y'all to me, and what part of you is yeah. like, because I have you heard a premiere's remix of Timmy yes. Turner, Timmy yes. Turner, yes, no, Timmy Timmy Turner, yeah, <laughs> and um, I uh, you know, man, let me see, what could I say from from you know from well, I, I know you've beginning. had your words with millennials before online or whatever, yeah, mm. I. I yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, that, those are real words and real thoughts. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I too would like to see us do better. But I mean, part of me is wondering, like, are we now our parents? And yeah, yeah, yeah. We absolutely. Now we're the grown-ups, yep. you know, that we have to teach. You know what I'm saying? Without- so it's it's wrong for me to want to hear English, or at least words that I know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, no, I, no, don't real, say, no, don't real say talk. nothing. You about to tell me to put no my disrespect. pants up too? No, Tariq. Yeah, yeah, you, no you, disrespect. You, you're, you're having your Shep Gordon hearing hip hop for the first time. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, but we're just coming from a little bit of a different place than these kids. That's today. what just your parents. Say. As far as I know, <laughs> the root started mumble. I'm sounding all old shit. Don't say nothing. That's my shield. No, 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 no. No, but so let me ask you this then. So since you are so aware of the differences and whatnot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then how do you decide to do Why smoke then? Well, because he's a young guy with an old soul. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he's been around for a while. He has his own little cult following, mm-hmm. you know, which attracted me also with his skill set. And, um, you know, all like he's, he's not, he's different from certain younger generational artists. You know, like, all right, my, some of my favorites are like Kendrick and, and J. Cole and Action Bronson, and Joey Badass. You know, the list goes on. You know, and then you have some that do their own thing. You know what I'm saying? That you know, people try to comprehend. And the part, that's where I come in, where, where I'm saying, look, you got to say something, man. You know, you got to mm-hmm. talk to the people, man. We're not, we not aliens. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where your mind is at, but we people that want to comprehend what you 
you know, your message. And it's funny, I made a joke, but in serious, y'all, the title, Don't Smoke Rock, yeah. that's from serious thought. That's not a joke. Like, yeah. tell people it's not just a combination of y'all names. Smoke, who, you came up with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why? It was just a play on words with our names, and I just felt, you know, with the times that we in, it was just something positive. But I didn't really want to, I mean, it's, it's kind of cliche, 88, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> you know what I mean, but 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 really, in the times that we in right now, I mean, it's not too far from Molly or any of the weird shit that they fucking with now. Yeah. So I mean, you know, don't smoke rock is kind of like our powerful way of being like. Being Whatever normal. you smoking on, chill, Nick. <laughs> chill off that. Yeah. Nah, nah. But you know, this is just a great album. You know, we got Brick Ross on there. We got Wale, uh, Mac Miller. Uh, the Locks, Cameron, um, Davies. Davies. Mm. I wanted to ask you, Smoke, mm-hmm. in, uh, what was it like? Well, first off, were you aware, you know, of, I mean, Pete Rock? Of course. Right, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you got to <laughs> ask. You got to <laughs> ask. You gotta yeah. ask. And, uh, yeah, nah, seriously. Harlem dude. Harlem cats, man. They know me. So, like, working with him, like, <laughs> when did it, when did it, I guess, when did it shift to say, like, okay, like, I want to be a fan, but now I got to really, you know, do the work. You know what I'm saying? Like, was it ever a shift during the recording? I don't don't think it was ever a shift. I mean, once PR made that initial call, like, yo, what's up? You trying to do this? It was like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was like, of course. You know, and um, I kind of, like... I got, I'm like a lucky fool. Like, you know, Flex sent me a Pete Rock beat. Like, yo, I need you to give me 32 bars for my mixtape on this Pete Rock that's beat. That's how it started, actually. And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. That's know, how so, the work yeah, that's started. How, that's how the working relationship started. Yeah. And, you know, from there, I was, like, overwhelmed. Like, oh, shit, it's a Pete Rock beat. Like, he could have sent me whatever because he was sending everybody else other shit, and I got the Pete Rock beat. So I'm mm-hmm. like... All right, let me <laughs> let me show off so I can impress Pete, so you know I can get another one. Yeah, yeah. and then you know that just trickled down to yeah. my project, and then yeah. he's like, "Yo, I want to keep this for mine." And then it was like, "Yo, let's just do a full length joint." Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I came about. And it's easy to work with this guy. Mm. Get quick. Are y'all still tracking? Are y'all where are you tracking? Are you tracking in your crib? Or um, no, we right here on thirtieth little spot. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do shit fast in there, quick. I was gonna say you don't track vocals inside your house, do you? No. I I actually uh, did. I did a, a few, but but the what's known is is, is a I did a mixtape for Camp Low, which is thirty blocks from Tiffany. Yeah, 80, yeah. 80, eighty blocks. Eighty blocks from and, and where I just did anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just a mixtape. They Camp Low's the type of group they spontaneous and they rap to any fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like anything, like you know what I'm saying. So we just wanted to. We thought it would be a good idea to do it. And you know, it's on my website, PeteRock.com. You could download it for free because there's a lot of samples on there. We we ain't clearing that. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't clearing that, bro. Well, yeah. How? I mean, that's even though we're laughing about it. I yeah, mean, for me, right. that's like taking the oxygen out of your tank. Like, yeah. how are you able? To now navigate um, skillfully, mm. at least to the standard of your excellence, um, um, especially with a, pro- uh, a project of this caliber, without your number one tool, well, which is the sample. I probably 
just listening to what's going on, listening to radio, listening to what people like, you know, listening to other producers, new ones, you know, what they're doing, and just kind of, you know, take it all in and say, okay, you know, let me do it my way. You know what I mean? And then you'll find that out when you listen to Don't Smoke Rock. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah, man. Good shit. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you, because I was always curious about it, mm-hmm. BBE. Mm. <laughs> BBE was the label out of uh, uh, London. Disrespectful. That put out uh, Peach Trimentals yeah. and the Surviving Elements. Elements. Yeah. That, uh, was, that one was stolen. No, yo, I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it all the way buck with you. Yeah. Somebody very close to me yeah. in my camp. Yeah. Got a call to mm-hmm. mix that record, mm-hmm. and we were both. I, he hit me. I was like, "Yo, don't do it." I said, wow. "Don't, don't touch that." I know. And Pete, Pete, I was like, don't that guy's starting trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what was the what what uh, the outcome? Happened? Yeah, you want to know what you want to know what happened? I saw him on the plane, man, and mm. just let loose on this guy. <laughs> no. I couldn't put hands on him. So I, I heard I, the story. I heard. So I started spitting on him. No, I think I was there because he disrespected me in the <laughs> utmost worst way ever that no man could withstand, and I couldn't hold it oh. back. I what way was that? Right. I, I was on the plane with it. What way was that? What you say? Yeah. He disrespected you? He, something he said or something he did? Something he did. Uh, I'd rather not, you know, go into the okay. personal business. But I was about to say, I don't know if the grace period. Yeah, of, we ain't doing all that. But but what but what he did angered me, man. So like that I was and that like was Bruce for Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk. And that was for the P, that was for the uh for Pete Strimentals. Cause then we did Soul Survivor too. That was for Surviving of the Elements. Surviving that was all the yeah, Surviving of the Elements. How many projects on, did you do for B? I was working on New York's finest and had some leftover beats on a drive that I left in the studio, which I shouldn't have did. And and you know, they somebody stole it. Oh, yeah. That's so interesting though, because from a consumer standpoint, BBE had a whole era where it was just like dope shit, like from yeah, the dope shit from the people, produ- from, right. from people from here, from the producer friendly label. They, it wasn't he wasn't snatching nobody in Europe or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Ah, so raping you. So record. it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, BB, so nah, it wasn't. They, they did I mean we put our first furniture. I remember that. BBE. Yeah, yeah. They and they they did right by us. I so mean, I you know, when when I when we first discovered them, it was all love in the beginning. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And then, you know, but we ended up having, you know, took out lawsuit and got paid. Oh good. One, wow. Took them to court. Oh, okay. Because both of those records, because it was you did Peach Trimentals. Oh yeah, I took them to court. Soul Survivor was, Two was yeah. on BB Two, right? Yeah. It was because we did yeah. the That was after all of that though, because then they started then the surviving of the elements came after those two joints. Ah, gotcha. And then that's when you know that happened. Man, talk about UNCL and where y'all at right now. I know y'all oh, are touring. Yeah, we just and, um, did a month and a half on tour. No off days, just going hard. And I was like looking at CL steaming. Once you know the the, the lights, the stage lights were so hot in one spot that he was sweating so much that when he came in the dressing room to sit down he was literally steaming like mm. the steam was coming like a marvel character <laughs> steam and i'm like i've never seen that shit before like wow this this cat is hungry again and yeah. that's that's when we decided to, you know yo let's let's do this do this music shit again so y'all talking about the album again? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He, he got beats he's on cloud nine right now oh shit so, so there's a p- chance that we might have a new a Daylight tri- Soul, <laughs> a yeah, and new Pete Rock Seal Smooth in 2017. Man. Wow, something wow. to look forward to. Yeah. Damn wow. it, 
Yeah. Because I will say the records that y'all did, like from post breakup, mm-hmm. I mean from the love thing, love thing. Mm-hmm. um, two four six Climax. eight, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hey, appreciate. Oh yeah. wow, you like that? What? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Climax. Two, four, six, eight, she said climax. I said climax. You said climax. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I I just felt that was a bad man. I didn't mix that. I didn't mix that. The beat was cool. I didn't, the mix might could have been worked. real. Which one was good. climate? Which one was that one? That was um. It was, on, was, it it was Curtis, on white label. Yeah, the, the Curtis joint. The Curtis Mayfield. Uh, give, give me your love. love. Oh, give me your love. I remember you playing me that beat, and I loved that. Yeah, beat. it was a bad mix the, of it. Yeah, though. the mix and and the dude they had singing over. I remember I called yeah. you. I would have made that a dope. Dope. It could, you know, if I was behind mixing it, it would have been much better sounding. But. And back on the block. Man. Back on the block. Oh, yeah. Dog. MFSB member. Yep. Wait, what was that? MFSB member. One guy who made a solo album that was in MFSB. Ah, uh, Montana. There you go. Yeah. 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 That's all you got to say. Just, oh, he said his first name. <laughs> People don't know Montana. If you could just yeah, say, you say Montana. They don't know who you're talking about unless they're a musician. Now I'm trying to remember the record. Oh. You you probably have the album. No, I know I do. Now I'm trying to remember it. Yeah, yeah. All right, start singing, Steve. With the vibes in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joint. Like, yeah, that was one of them joints. But now, nah, y'all, the formula, I mean, y'all, you guys still sound. Every time y'all put out no joints, it sounded current. Nah, no, 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 no steps missed. Still, right now, people going to drop their jaws when they hear the new shit. What made y'all. Get to this point because I remember for a minute oh. it was really nasty. Um, I just think even when it was like that, it wasn't totally you know, it was a time and period where it did get you know ugly, but then you know, even over the years, I put them on peace instrumentals, I snatched mm-hmm. them for Soul Survivor, Soul, Soul Survivor 2. You know, I was always reaching a handout, and then you know, when, when you're old and grown, yeah, you know, you're like, all right, man, we were kids then, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Fuck it, fuck all that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up, man. Yeah, so that's, that's what happened. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you gotta change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. 
There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery. But that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily. As I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she as my father believed, a witch. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you still live in Mount Vernon right now? No, I'm uh, in upstate New York. Okay. Yeah. Is it quiet? People, yeah, it's people quiet. Always, people always like try to lure me up there like, yo, just try your, you There's know. people up there. It's people up there. I say people are artists, but I don't want to put nobody on blast. No, no, but I meant like, is it, like, are you in the farm area? Yes, yeah, it's in the woodsy area. Lots of deers and animals and shit. Really? Yeah. And that's where I want to... <laughs> I, I actually like it because it's, you know, yeah, it's quiet, but I get work done, you know? You scared you're gonna and when I'm in the hood, skunk. everybody's. You What'd know. you say? Are you scared you're gonna get chased by a skunk again? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, listen, I'm running from them shits too. Them, man, that shit get on you. You finished. You finished. That shit <laughs> stinks. Uh, and, tomato and soup bag. My dog got sprayed one time, and, and I and she, <laughs> dog kicked, came in the house. The Yo, out. my sisters just started immediately throwing up. <laughs> you know, it's, it's bad up close. Uh, it's bad. Like, Yo, is that tomato soup thing real? I think I, it works. I think I, I worked. I've never had to do it, but yeah, I did but. it for my dog. It worked. Tomato, tomato soup would get yeah. the skunk smell T- out. Tomato soup, all kind of, even tomato sauce. Mm. Anything tomato. Shit, I just want to take a tomato bath. <laughs> right, <in> tomato <laughs> bath. <laughs> That's what we was doing for the dog. A tomato <laughs> bath. That's crazy. Man. Do you and uh, do you and Grab Grab Lover? Grab is it? Y'all yes. still uh, y'all still work? Y'all still um, we haven't there. worked in a while. I mean, I, I think he had, he put out an instrumental album of, of beats that we used to experiment with, and then you know he would learn from me and catch on and do shit himself, mm-hmm. and then he put he put out an instrumental, and actually half man half amazing. He produced that. Right? He produced it first, but the he had these drums. And he was like, yeah, I, don't, I don't like the drums. And I didn't like them either. So he, <laughs> he was like, yo, just change the drums. Speaking of drums. Okay, so when my beautiful, twisted, dark fantasy album Ooh, was getting announced. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to use Pete Rock. Yep. Now, in my head, I thought you were going to make a fresh beat. Yeah. No, I'm not mad. No, 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 no. I'm not mad. Yeah. Because... He took one of one of your one of your best interlude beats of all time. Yep, the chop drum shit. But okay, when you're working in that environment, and plus you you also did uh uh the makings of you uh join yeah, on Joy. Yeah, sir. Joy. Yep, the Joy. Forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. Now that's when I first met Rose too. Okay. And uh, Cape Cuddy. 
So when you're in that environment, mm-hmm. is it is it limiting when when you're work? Well, I don't mean limiting because I also had this question for Q-Tip mm-hmm. when he made uh on Watch the Throne. Uh, that's my bitch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did make that. Yeah. Beats that don't necessarily sound like it came from their canon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in that particular environment, because I felt like what they did was they stripped you down to your 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 basic minimum. <laughs> like, were you presenting full fledged ideas to them, yes. and they were just like, "Yep, nope, we no. just want." No, I was it, I, actually Kanye was picking beats. He picked like eight or nine, and we narrowed it down to the one. But he did like two or three rhymed on one. He asked me if I wanted to rhyme on the joy with him, but I wasn't ready, you know, to do that yet. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no, you know, it wasn't nothing. I was just You're like, real shy ah. about your 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 vocal uh, powers, which yeah, I mean, you know, nah, I'm I'm with you. I know <laughs> you're going with it. You made it. You uh, like I I don't know. You you had a cool voice for like uh, thanks. Just like you were shy. Like how come you didn't pursue that? I more? wasn't. I don't know, man. It's Grand Pooba. Like who made you Grand Pooba? Back again. I'm here to win the buzz rounds of bees again. Like, Grand Pooba is to blame for me rapping. I always was curious that they made you do the don't curse verse because I was like, did you want to do? Now, those are the first rhymes I wrote by myself. Wow. Oh man, man. man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then, says, so. Yeah. And then Pooba wrote Creator and Soul Brother. What three beats? That were made. Mm-hmm. Were you just like, damn? I wish I, wish I made, I made it. Mm. Like probably not. Yeah. I feel some sort of way. Like oh, I could have made that better, but just like, fuck. I wish I made that beat. Like probably. Um, what three joints did you hear? It was just like, or somebody got to the sample first. Uh, no, well, that's my second okay. question. But just a completed song. Mm-hmm. I wish I had produced this beat. Mm, probably like uh, the, the power song. I gave you power. The Nas, oh, okay. Nas yeah. that um, Primo other? did that right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What other joint that I? What did? Oh well, it's a lot of his joints, but it, you know that you have, you have to ask me that another time, another <laughs> interview. Then it'll, I'll, you know I have a better thought process. Like any Dilla joints or um, all the Dilla. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what sample? Did you have in your possession that you didn't realize? Fuck, that's where that was from. Oh, a whole lot of shit, or one that you had a plan for and oh, somebody beat into it. Um, kicking the door. Wow, screen so you had yeah, a I was screen. playing it. I used to play it, play, it, play. It. I was, I'm gonna make something off this one day. <laughs> then boom, Primo does it. Wow, you know man. Uh, yep. I remember. I remember being uh, at the crib. You showed us the sample. For De La's Pony Ride. Oh, wow. Yeah, with the record, when you're doing this yeah, with the, the record. Real joint. Uh. The record goes. And they just, you just tapped it. So I, I, I've learned so much today that it's, <laughs> it's overwhelming. So I'll just stop at Biggie hearing. Biggie hearing in the flesh get me. Yeah, man. That being an audition. Yeah. yeah. 
Take a look. What'd you learn today? Man, I learned that Pete Rock has probably the sharpest ears on any True. human being <laughs> that can pick out snares. I mean, that's just amazing. I think that just speaks to sampling crack. them all my life, man. Yeah, but that's I mean, still I mean I hell I've been listening to it all my life, but I can't hear him the way you hear him. But uh but nah, man, it's uh it's just great just to be here with someone who inspired us and just who uh played such an integral part in my career and to know that he still just has the love for the music yeah. and you know just still has that integrity and is still here you know it's, it's so many cats from that era that weren't able to transition and weren't able to you know you know learn a new set of tools you know what i'm saying for the new world so to speak so uh just to see him here and uh still doing it you know uh doing the records with smoke reaching out to younger generation and uh just still doing it man it just it's really inspiring and I'm, I'm happy he's still here with us. Giving 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 my heroes the flowers while they live. Not waiting. Mm-hmm. Not waiting till they pass. Not waiting till they pass. Not waiting till mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yes. You gotta have a visual or nah. Like shout give. out to Tech and Steel too. Yeah. Oh yes, right. Yeah, on, on that note, on that note, because we did a song about that. Sugar Steve, you with us? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you learn, man? Again, a lot of a lot of information. Um, Overload. This was an information <laughs> overload episode. Yeah, I learned Questlove wants to take a tomato bath. <laughs> you said and that. It's if he tape. gets sprayed by a skunk, he's going to have to do that. I've gotten uh, sprayed by a skunk already. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I like, um, I'm worried about uh, your dad's records being oh. in your mom's basement. Oh. Is it? Uh, That's the first no. thing I thought Is about. It environmentally it, yeah, controlled. Yeah, they, 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 it's good money down there. It's, basement. Does that, does that mean like, it's not uh, moist? No. It doesn't splat and I'm like, what? Florida. I just popped uh, up. Wow. No. Because you have, and then you said, you know, you still have all your discs from from all these, you know. That's that's where I live now. Upstate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, with me. Close, I mean, I'm close next to me. So wait, you the, wouldn't take your record collection, would you? Yeah, of course. My records in my house. But everything. you're sentimental, like you. But I have, keep... you know, my father's records are still at my mother's house. So you okay. want them there for sentimental yeah, reasons? Yeah, because I have to make room for them. Mm. Um, how, how many records do you? Would you say you have? Uh, Ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty, forty, fifty, somewhere up there. Mm. Probably more than that too. Mm. Like Like, look, my wife is is nuts because I keep bringing records in. (laughs) No more. She's dead ass too. But she knows your Pete Rock, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. She knows. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the reason why we have this house is yeah. yeah like, these <laughs> one of these records will get you, you know. Yeah. All right, so Bill. What I learned, uh, I mean, I really just got confirmation of what I've always known is that Pete Rock is still one of my favorite producers. And um, the fact that I was actually able to sit in a room and talk beats and records with Pete Rock, I can pretty much die a happy man right now. Scenarios <laughs> um, and shit. Yo, like, this this is some dream come true shit right now. God so bless, bro. Thank you for coming. No, thank no you. problem, man. Thank you. Quest, me and Quest go back. Bye. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I have learned <laughs> snares. Yes, yeah, no, I'm learning snares, Pete. Let's keep okay. it absolutely right. true, real. Right. I have learned that, and I've also learned that I know Pete Rock got a lot in common with Ray Parker Jr. Seeing as though y'all been making great music since y'all were teenagers, yeah, I don't know yeah, if you yeah. realize yeah. that. Yeah, Ray yeah, Parker was just on the Today Show, actually. He was just on Quest Love Supreme too. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. The Ray Parker story is that we've heard. Whew. Man, Jack and Jill, my favorite joint. <laughs> oh, he's. Yeah, and plus he's been on so many records that yeah, a lot everything 
a lot. I'm looking at credits on albums. I'm yeah. like, damn, he's on this shit too. Yeah, he's on some obscure, obscure records too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, holy, is this we the learned. same Ray Parker? We learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, like all those Invict- Invictus records. Yes, played on all that. Unhooked generation, all that Ray Parker. Wow. His Barry White stories are bar none. Oh, like man, messing up his car. Yeah, his Barry man. White stories are. Is, oh my god! Yeah. But wait, I just want to say one other thing that I learned, and you don't know this, but this is like the first time that I feel like Amir, Bill, and Fonte have fanned out over somebody's work <laughs> at the man. same level. Like we 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 interviewed the Revolution, but the levels were different. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. at this moment. It's just a really good feeling to see y'all all just kind of. Yeah. At a point, and I'm standing out too because on and on my third note, I would also like to say that in all these years, Pete, I always thought it was dope that you got dudes on your side in this way, but you also move women in a different type of way. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And we, we get to talk about that, yeah. but I know a lot of my girlfriends yes, are like, yes, you know yes. What we mean? make lots heart, of love. We make and heartfelt soul. Take your time. Yeah, we make and... make heartfelt shit. Yeah. God, man, Thank we need to talk about taking. Yeah. Oh wow, the loose ends, Oh crap. Wow. Right. You want to talk about Troy Troy real quick? Man, I think we should. Real quick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Reminisce. Um, Well, you know, reminisce, you know, happened in 19. The beat making process started at the end of 91, 1991. You know, then, you know, made the full beat in 92, blah, blah, blah. You know, y'all want me to go into how I made it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Wait, we didn't ask about yours. No, uh, took nah, a, we talked about the albums. But we I didn't. suck, man. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> took a took a drum loop that's familiar, you know, and added that Tom Scott in there and the elements afterwards, and the rest was history. Who directed that video? Marcus Rayboy. Ah, that Who video like actually went on perfectly. To make captures the mood yeah. of that song. Yeah, no, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. We that was, was that was the first video that we did and we said, "Wow, this shit really matches what you're talking about." Mhm. Like Marcus did such a great job on that video and it was freezing when we did that video. <laughs> really? <laughs> freezing. There's there's um there's a, a an MC from Philadelphia that was like way younger, the generation gap youngster. And uh <laughs> Lawrence. Wait, 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 wait. Here's the here's here's the thing with with black people. Like we'll we'll know the song, but we'll just title it anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't say. Well, no, I used to joke that uh, like Barbara Streisand's Evergreen used to be called "Love Softer Than the Easy Chair." Oh wow! Or the way we were, the way we were was memories like the corner of my mind. But this kid, he was he was a dope MC. Used to always say his favorite song was "Mama Get Married in the House." Oh wow! <laughs> wow, and not say reminisce. That's how they remember. Yeah, they, yo, you know that song, "Mama Get Married yeah, in the House." Word. That's all he. That's yo, all yo, he I love that's Mama Get Married. Shit. Nah, nah, he's a young kid. I mean, but he knows it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. Nah, but, that's that's funny. Yeah, nah, 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 black people in song titles. That's That is so funny. Mm-hmm. Talk about was it like that song about my aunt Joyce? Yeah, right. My aunt Joyce. Shit, I still call Crossroads Uncle Charles. Uncle Charles. <laughs> it's relatable. The song is relatable. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke Dizzy, final words. Did you? This is our nerd out session. Did you? What oh, did you I, learn? Trust me, I um, he, he t- I learned that y'all the most um technical, <laughs> stupid, nerd. <laughs> show in, in Pandora history. <laughs> you know, but um, That's but I enjoyed compliment. it though, cause you know, like. 
I'm a nerd. I like wrestling. Is it is you know embarrassing? I, mean? so, <laughs> I, I like oh, wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, wrestling? I, I'm a wrestling nerd. Have you done yeah. Have you done uh, Cheap Heat? Peter Rosenberg's podcast? I, I'm about I to didn't say. do Cheap Heat. No. But Peter, ah. Peter's my man, so I guess we got Cheap Heat anytime we texting or ah, talking man. about it on the phone. Right. But right. we did WrestleMania together and all that type of stuff. Oh, okay. We did that. I'm well, one of those kind of Well, he's. Marks. it's funny because one time I was in San Francisco on tour. And this cat is out there. I'm thinking he's on the road, you know, doing some shows. I'm like, what you doing here? He's like, yo, I'm at the wrestling shit. <laughs> he's out there just for that. He didn't, no rap shit. No, no, just out there wrestling. It was crazy. He's crazy. crazy with it. From Electric Lady Studios, this is Course Love Supreme. Uh, we've had a really amazing show with our guest, Pete Rock. And on behalf of the Team Supreme, uh, this is Course Love. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. We'll see y'all next week. Voice Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangsta rap. Let's go. Gangsta Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangsta Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.